0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to the Potter Skew Podcast, I am CJ and with me as always is my hetero life mate Rico, what's up man? What's up CJ? Not much dude, we we got right out the gate man, we got a guest so we don't even have time to get into our bullshit, we gotta pick this guest up and get moving.
2: Yeah, he's got some shit to do, it's almost like he's got a career or something. Which right? Is, uh, something strange. like that. Uh, barely. Bare- Without further ado, <laughs> that boy is the vice host. Yes.
1: Eddie Pence. The vice hey, host. everybody. <laughs> yeah, What's up, Eddie? Thanks for coming on our rinky-dink little show. Thanks for having me. I mean, it took us a while to line it all up, but it finally happened.
0: So. Hey, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and we appreciate you being accommodating. Life kind of happened to Rico and I, and, and so that postponed things it a does. little bit. But we appreciate your understanding. Yeah. So
2: I would, oh, yeah. I would like to say that it is actually pretty fucking amazing that tweeting out to a celebrity actually paid off
1: Yes, yeah, so first, first time it's worked Before, for you. What, what
2: celebrity did you tweet?
1: at? Oh, he. Uh, well, Mark
2: Hamill isn't returning my, t- my my tweets.
1: I think I think uh, he uh, might have blocked you at this point. To be honest with you, I mean that might have happened. <laughs> no, I
2: still see his shit, but he is fully aware. <laughs> like he'll <feeling laughs> make jokes <laughs> to me, and I'm like, "You, you Jedi bastard." Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> it... Thank you, Eddie, for, for actually being yeah. super
3: accommodating.
1: Totally, yeah. yeah. My um, pleasure, my pleasure. We are fans, of obviously, of Kevin and in his work, based on our name and our entrance, as you heard. Yes. But that also brings us out into the bigger world of, you know, Ralph and the Ralph Report and all his stuff. I actually, so, to give you a quick background on me, I used to listen to, a I take it back. I still listen to a morning show out here called Preston and Steve, if you're familiar with those guys from WMMR. But, you know, as radio people do, they take vacations around the holidays. Well, when they did that, I would listen to Kevin and Bean strictly to hear Ralph. And once they turned into douchebags, I just went over to the Ralph Report and started going there. (laughs) And that's what made me uh, familiar with you, Eddie, because to be to be perfectly honest, until the Ralph Report, I, I wasn't familiar with your work. Most but. people
3: weren't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was yeah. not trying to be a dick, <laughs> you, but yeah, you weren't the minority of that one. Okay, well, fair. Um, <laughs> but still, it it you know. And then I've heard. Well, I'm not a a star, a member of the army, because quite honestly, I can't afford even the three dollars at this point in my life. But you know, oh, I, I hear you. I, I do hear the free runs, and man, it's some fun stuff. I love listening to you and Ralph go back and forth. It's good times.
3: Oh, thanks. I mean, Ralph does all the work on that. I mean, he puts the whole thing together, and I just basically show up and bullshit for an hour, and he gives me shit, and I give him shit back, and it's pretty fun.
1: Right, and that actually leads me into something I wanted to ask you right off the bat. When Ralph does the Ralph report, do you guys do it all in one day? Like, do you sit down and just do all five days on um, Sunday? No, 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 it's, we do, we record every day. Okay. It's, uh, we usually record day or depending
3: on schedules, uh, night before, day before, it depends, it just depends. Like today, yeah. uh, we're doing a little earlier than we normally do. We were supposed to go earlier and we went, we, I think we had to push until four or five in the afternoon. And then usually we try to do it at night. So it's as close to day and date as possible in case news pops up. Right. Cause he tries to be current event, uh, heavy. Um, so we usually try to do within, we record within eight to 10 hours of the release if we can.
1: Okay. So, yeah,
3: but it is every day, and he builds it every day. It's like a six-hour process for him to build the show, and then I just show up, record, and then he has another two or three hours of editing and post-production on it.
1: Oh, so it's basically what Rico and I do. I do all the work, and he shows yeah. up for a couple hours every <laughs> day, or every but Sunday.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm the funny one, and, he, and he's the director.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, someone's got to do all the work, and we know that ain't going to be does. you. So, um, (laughs) I love you, buddy. Um, so the (laughs) first thing I actually wanted to ask you about, Eddie, because it's just important and with everything that's been going on the last couple weeks, I know you're from the Carolinas originally. Is your family okay?
3: Uh, oh yeah. well, I'm actually originally Virginia. Uh, my family retired down to South Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, they're in Myrtle Beach, but yeah, they are fine. They are. They, uh, it hit. Just north of Myrtle Beach, so they got some wind and rain, but nobody, nothing serious as far as they their area. did. I know some people did lose their lives, so it was tragic in some spots, totally. but where they were was relatively uh, okay.
1: Okay, good, because I, I remember you going down there for vacation a couple months ago or whatever, and, yeah. and when I heard the hurricane hit, I was like, oh, shit, so we got to make sure your family's all right. No, so, good.
3: thank you for asking. Yeah, of they're course. all good. They lost a couple trees, but, you know.
1: Ah, who needs trees anyway? Who needs trees,
3: right? (laughs) Um, everybody for oxygen, you
2: fuckers. What are you, the Lorax? (laughs) Right? I mean, come on. I I kind (laughs) of look like
1: data Vito, so yeah. (laughs) Um... Save the trees! (laughs) Oh, jeez. So... I, I I'm going through my list of stuff that I've notes I've taken from the Ralph report. I don't even know where to go next because they're just all over the place because I've got things about you being OK with finger banging and I'm not even sure why I wrote that down. So, <laughs> uh, Well, no, I think Ralph played uh, – usually
3: plays during the celebrity news segment. He'll play – he'll go through the birthday list of celebrities and he'll play a song if it's a musician – and I think he did that, I forgot what song it was, and then after he played I was like, oh, that's that's good finger-banging music. I there think that's go. the offhanded comment I made. I think and, that was and, it, and, yeah.
1: Um, I guess
3: people hadn't heard the term finger bang in like 20 years, yeah. so everyone just went nuts with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I you
1: know. I'll it, tell it you, is I, it is. I do love the one-hit Wonder Wednesday, because I do get to hear that occasionally, because it seems like the free one changes what day. the week. It's usually Monday or Wednesday, depending, I guess, on what the content was or whatever. I'm yeah, not I think sure. tries
3: to mix it up to show people different segments of the show. Sure. Cause it is a very segment heavy show and it's particular each day of the week. So,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, but cause I heard the one you guys did about the, they're coming to take me away and that oh. I loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it. So, um, but anyway, Rico, jump in, buddy. Do it. Do you?
2: Well, I, uh, in terms of my research for you, I, I listened to the first episode that you came on for the Ralph Report, but I also watched a ton of YouTube shit. Oh, uh, I is your opinion of Han Solo still being an asshole still valid, or or have you? <laughs> when you watch the Force Awakens, you're like, all right, he's just an old asshole. Is that is well, that? Well, he just... was just a,
3: he was just an old curmudgeon in Force Awakens.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> he was just Harrison Ford. Is what? Yes,
3: <laughs> he was like he was paid a lot of money to come back and do something. He didn't really. I didn't care about doing,
2: but no, he's still an asshole. He's still an asshole. But that's That's the point you you were trying to make is that he's a likable asshole. Yes,
3: that's he's my favorite character in Star Wars because he is such an asshole.
2: Who's your least favorite character in Star Wars? In the original trilogy.
3: In the original trilogy. Oh, because
2: anybody can pick like prequel
3: characters or even sequel characters. Yeah, anybody can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original trilogy—that's tough. Let me see. Let's say I think. I like Luke. I like Leia. I like Han Chewie. Maybe that, uh, General Dedonia, the guy with the white beard who does like the big speech there at the end where he's got a, he gives them the instructions on the, uh, he seemed oh, like you there could have. deep cuts. Yeah, yes, I'm, he did. I'm, trying, I'm trying, well, I really like the original trilogy. I'm trying to think of anybody I don't like. I mean, yeah, I who, like would Jerry, I... But... who would you George cut out? What's that? Huh? George Lucas. George Lucas. You get a better director in there.
1: Wow! All right, we're um, coming out swinging today.
3: This one,
2: what's that? C-3PO is the obvious one for me personally.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, I under- well, in the original trilogy, he was trying to tell the story as those guys were just the two haphazard droids going through the desert, and this was all happening around them. At least right. in the yeah. original movie. Yeah, but you
2: could have just had R2D2. Yeah,
3: yeah if he spoke English. Yeah, I mean,
2: Luke understands him, <laughs> which never made I any mean- sense. <laughs> But we, I mean that's the whole thing is that like Luke at some point either in fucking Tatooine elementary or some shit studied R2D2 language.
4: Yeah.
1: Well, I guess I it's mean,
3: part of the curriculum on Tatooine.
1: It, well, if I you guess. recall from from the Avengers movie, Groot was an elective on Asgard, so I'm guessing droid is an elective on Tatooine. That's just my yeah. guess. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I guess yeah, you would have to learn to speak droids, especially if that's if you're farmers and that's all you do is work with droids. Right. right?
2: Well, if you're well, then why are there farmers if they're just going to have the droids do all the fucking work in the
3: first place? somebody's going to be all angry and yelling at people like Uncle Owen, just just a dick. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, the villain is George Lucas. That's what I'm
1: saying. Oh dear. <laughs> Wait, the villain is George Lucas? That's what Rico says.
2: What I think?
1: He's got a little. Why do you think that?
3: You look at the prequels.
1: Well, yeah, I uh,
3: I know. Prequels. I would have loved have. I don't mind the story of the prequels so much. I just wish someone else had directed them. That's what I'm saying. If if he just, like, the story, I don't, like, I know people go, like, about the Senate and all that stuff. Like, I don't care. That stuff's fine. The stories, if you actually just look at the stories, it's not a bad story. It's not a bad social commentary on government and overreach and all that other stuff that, of, of the stuff that was happening in our society at that time with like you know, Patriot Act and all that stuff oh, Sure It was very, the story's not bad, but the directing and the dialogue and the, uh, just the overall look and feel of the film just needed a, a good director That's what
2: I'm saying I, I would say that George Lucas is an amazing storyteller who can come Oh, up absolutely a, he is. Dialogue? Not so much Getting when performances see, I, out of
3: actors, no.
2: No, I mean, I, I actually kind of like Hayden Christensen in other movies, just not Star Wars.
3: I mean, if you even look at um, uh, what's her fam- Padme? I can't think of her the name right now. The actress, um, oh, Portman. Uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. She was very stiff, especially in Phantom Menace, because the, no one directed her. She wasn't being directed in anything. No one was. Like the only, only people that were like Liam Neeson. And uh, Ewan McGregor because they were seasoned professional actors and they could deal with it. Samuel Jackson it, barely had anything. Samuel to do. Jackson, but
2: on but, that note, we now let's move on to another. Uh, didn't didn't we have some questions from from some random people? Well, we
1: do, and we'll get that as in a minute. The first thing I actually want to talk about because one of the reasons why we actually wanted to have you on, Eddie, besides the fact of you know obviously you're part of that world that we follow on a pretty regular basis, is. The special you're trying to get off the ground because like, I, I do agree with you. It's so fucking odd that all these comedians, some of them who are fucking terrible are getting these <laughs> specials on Netflix and they won't give you the time of day. And, and like Rico said, he's watched some of your video. I've watched some of your video. You're a funny fucking dude. I'd love oh, to watch a special. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Like, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> so I know you had the Indiegogo. Um, what's what's the status of the special right now? Or the unspecial, um, really? We have
4: it.
3: The unspecial is... Uh, we got it all... It's all ready. It's all color-corrected and sound-checked and, like, everything is done. I handed it off to another member of the Garmin who actually works uh, at Netflix or works with Netflix on some other shows that have been put up there. He reached out to me, and he's watched it, and he liked it, and we're going to meet next week to see what he can do to help facilitate getting it over there. Nice. Um I, I have another friend of mine who I've known forever who was the showrunner on uh, historical roasts. Jeffrey okay. Ross historical yeah. roasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he reached out to me going, hey, I'd like to take a look at it. So I gave a copy of him. I'm waiting to hear back from him. So I have a couple people that have offered to help that have t- t- connections over there. So mm-hmm. it's right now it's just sort of a wait and see. Hopefully next couple weeks I'll have more information on it. Um, Great. So I know Netflix is one possibility, I know Hulu right now is buying a lot of content, especially comedy-wise, so I'm trying to figure out if there's any connections over there I can make. So it's it's just me trying now, it's just the the hard part is the hustle of trying to get it sold because it's already made. Um and you know, doing comedy is easy, or for me doing the special was easy, raising the money was difficult, shooting it though though a logistical nightmare because it was across the country when I did it. Um we got it done. Uh, But now it's the hard part is actually trying to get someone to just buy it, take it from me and put it up. Where did you shoot it? Uh, I shot it back in D.C. It's my my hometown. I grew up in northern Virginia, which is basically a suburb of Washington, D.C. That's why I wear the stupid hat. Um, But uh, we shot it there. And I I just want to go back home and do do it. I had dates there lined up anyway to work that weekend. It's just, you know, regular club dates. Anyway, I was like, well, I'm going back. And if I can raise enough money in two months before I get back there, let's see if we can shoot a special there. So that's when I did the Indiegogo thing and everybody was so generous and I was able to raise five thousand dollars more than I was asking for. Yeah. And we got we we went and shot it and cut it together. And it had its little you know hiccups and potholes and roadblocks, but we navigated most of the stuff and finally got it shot and put it up.
1: I, I think if it didn't have potholes and roadblocks, it wouldn't be a project. You know, like that's yes. it's a prerequisite, I think, at this point. But um so so it is shot. I didn't I, I wasn't aware of that personally, but again, unfortunately I don't get to hear the show every day, so you may have said that. Right, so right, I, right. I I apologize if we're asking you some things you may have already talked about on the Ralph report, but some of our listeners no. may not be um no, listeners either. So um so that's good. I hope I hope that works out and keep us updated on on what's going on with that, because we'll certainly promote the crap out of that when it gets ready to show wherever you're good. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course, I appreciate it. Um, Because if I heard correctly, one of your main inspirations is actually one of Rico and mine's comedic heroes, and that's Robin Williams. You saw him... I don't recall but on my note here, did you were you at that taping at the Met or was that just the first one you saw? No,
3: that was the that was the first stand up special I ever saw. I was okay. probably was I eleven years old. It came out in eighty five, I think. I was like, I was eleven. And we had just gotten HBO and that was like the first comedy special I had seen. And I was well, like, oh my God, that's like people, this is a job that people do. They just get up on stage yeah. and try to make people laugh. I mean, I'd seen Robin Williams and Mork and Mindy before. Sure. You know, I'd seen comedic actors. You know, I grew up watching Carol Burnett show and loving Tim Conway and Gene Wilder. And like, you know, I loved watching perform, comedic performers, but I'd never seen stand up comedy before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. That's, that's it. That's what I want to do.
1: Well, okay. So I've got two things to say off that. First off, just the same thing I said about Rico's parents because they let him see Jay and Silent Bob at the age of eight. The, the fact that they let <laughs> your, your parents let you see well, Robin <laughs> Williams at 11 is a little, I don't know. It's questionable. That said, um, <laughs> what was that? whatever. Either way, um, also, but more importantly, that I, think is his best special like i've seen his special since then and they were all good but by By far far. the one at the met might be his best yeah yeah, by
3: far he was on top of his game back then i mean i don't know if it was he was still doing cocaine or whatnot but at the time yeah no he was probably deep in cocaine
1: if you recall (laughs) he he talks about having just gotten off cocaine because it's the red white and blue red white and blue oh shit how patriotic you know right uh, yeah he was
3: clean I, I don't know, whatever
1: he, he was, whatever
3: he was doing, he was clean. He was on top of his game at the time.
1: Well, cause Robin just never stopped. I mean, you, you heard about that, um, when he showed up inside the actor studio. Have you heard about that? No. So you know that show, right? With James Lipton. Yeah. Yeah. So he did inside the actor studio. Apparently, as I understand it, a normal, cl- cause that's also a class. It's not just a TV show. So the normal yeah. class runs for like, I think it's a 3 hour class, like a typical college class would, right? The yeah. one with Robin ran for I think it was 4 or 5 hours and they ended up putting out a 2 hour special.
2: Oh my god. I think it actually went on for 8 hours.
1: It might have been eight. Rico might be right. Like it ran forever because he just didn't oh. <laughs> stop being Robin. And then to put it on top, there was a woman in the f- like first couple rows who was w- with all respect to her a little bit overweight but regardless she was laughing so hard they actually had to take her out on a stretcher by the end of the thing and get medical
0: if you run a business bank of clark county has you covered offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking streamlined digital banking and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia.
1: Call attention. Now she's fine, but yeah.
2: There was, I don't know if it was her, but there was someone who actually contracted a hernia for laughing so fucking hard for eight hours.
3: Oh
1: my god. god. That's You know, so like he just never stops. That's why I and I'm sure you're familiar with him even yeah. more than Rico is Eddie, but like the comic reliefs, Like I used to watch them yeah. every year. Yeah. So
2: talk about setting the fucking bar though. Like if you don't make someone laugh where they need medical attention, right. like Ron did, you failed as a comedian as far as I'm concerned.
3: Right. Like I always I always get happy with you can get like maybe a spit take out of somebody, but actually cause like bodily harm. That's like, that's the greatest thing you can do as a comedian.
2: (laughs) Now, now, now the audience has to just go
1: shoot themselves in the head. Like, that's just too funny.
3: I can't (laughs) comprehend Well, and that actually, you you have to literally kill somebody now.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, like, yeah. Um, (laughs) like, I, that it almost makes it think that the, Abraham Lincoln show is a comedy. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so, that's that kind of lead. Thank you. That's a poll from 1865, CJ good Hey, job. I go Deep where cuts. I gotta go. Um, that actually leads to one of the questions that Rico mentioned that we got from our fans because we, a lot of our fans are fans of yours through Ralph and other, you know, media that way and so we did put out asking if they had some questions and one of our friends um steve he goes by midnight smoke on twitter oh yeah yeah smoky smoky the dude's one of our good friends he he is hysterical he wanted to wanted us to ask you what joke flopped the most when you were on stage like what joke just didn't kill or killed in the worst way you know ever I he didn't say so. I'm he didn't gonna go with you sure. a show just ever.
3: Oh, let me see. Uh, oh. oh, I did. I did a 9/11 joke one time, which didn't go over very well.
1: Well, how close to yeah. 9/11 was it? <laughs> it was. It was closer than it should have been.
3: <laughs> it, was, it was. It was like this was probably like 2005, maybe 2005. So it's it like four four years you... later.
1: Oh, that's pretty far removed. Like,
3: I mean, no, I... No, and I... I've heard some good ones. I thought mine was okay, but I guess it was just the venue. And I've done the joke other times. I, I never did this joke a lot. Um, but I had done it, and it had worked before, but then I'd done it... I did it this one time, and it just... Like, nobody was having it. And uh, it was really... It was... It was. I basically set up the joke, because when... And if anyone here had... I, I completely it was a horrible tragedy and it was awful. Oh, but sure. Co- comedians try to make light of situations too. So this is my nine eleven joke and it's terrible. And I know, but I'll, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> so we were, my wife and I, we were planning our wedding. We got married in 2000 in, uh, 2004 and we were setting up our wedding date and the place we want to have our wedding at, there was two dates available October 2nd, which is the date we got married on. And the other open date was 9-11 and I, I was like, I was pushing hard for 9-11, and my wife wouldn't have it. And the reason I was pushing so hard to have a 9-11 anniversary was because I know I'm a terrible gift giver. And when our anniversary rolls around, and I forgot to give her an anniversary gift, and she would get upset, I'd be like, oh, you know what today is? Some people just want their husbands back.
4: Oh!
3: (laughs) I know, it's terrible. I know, I know it's bad. I know, I know how horrible it is. And I, I've grown as a person and as a comedian since those times. How young were wow. you? Oh, God. I was probably only like 2005. I was probably or 2000. I was probably like four, four years into comedy, maybe four or five years into comedy. <sighs> and you were at that point, you're trying to be like kind of edgy and like I'm going to do a 911 joke. You know, you know here's, like,
1: he, here's the thing, Eddie, and and I mean this. It, Right, it's actually a good <laughs> joke. Bad. Like I it's, know, it's, it's it, no, it's it, it's it's simultaneously terrible and good because it is funny and it does have that audience reaction. I'm sure that most comedians want of, like because. And you're a stand-up. I will never do that. This is as close as I get to doing stand-up. <laughs> so you know he's
2: a sit-down comedian. <laughs>
1: taught, well. I have a disability for fuck's sake. If I stand on stage, I'm going to fall over. But that's not the point. Um,
2: That is the point. That's your joke.
1: Yes. All right. Can you, can I get to my question please? Um, So I would think that as a comedian, the worst thing that could happen is like silence, like crickets, right? Like it's almost better to get a reaction in some way.
3: Indifference is is worse than like audible boos or moans. Right. Because at least I I can get a reaction. And I know they're at least, if they're not enjoying me, they're invested in what's happening in the moment. And right. if that investment means they're hating me, then I, that's better than they're like not even looking at me and on their phones and not paying attention. Like, indifference is the enemy of any performer
1: exactly and that's kind of what i mean so like while you're not you're not one of those at least from what i've seen you don't strike me as like one of those shock comedians that's going for the I'm booze not, and i don't yeah. do comedy like that
3: and it was just like it was i was in that phase of when i was just trying to like <laughs> let me try to do a 9-11 joke i'm going to be an edgy comic and it's like, like that's not who i am I you know whatever
1: because if i recall and and to your defense eddie i recall that we're a and I, the names escape me right now, but there were several like high-profile comedians that like dazed after and oh, yeah. weeks that like took some shots at. It. At least you waited for fucking years. I mean, like that's at least reasonable. I, I wasn't even planning on writing one.
3: And then we were sitting there at the wedding planners, and they gave us the nine eleven date. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked. And I'm like, well, that could be a funny bit if I turn it back on me somehow about how I'm a terrible, how I'm going to be a terrible husband. And so <laughs> I went with that angle on it. You know, I wasn't what? trying to specifically make fun of nine eleven. I'm not like there was right. that one joke. I forget what comedian did where he's like, he's like, I found out what type of person I was when I it took me when I realized how long it took me to masturbate after the after nine eleven, and I found I, out what type of person I was between towers one and two. <laughs>
2: oh.
3: Yeah, I remember. See, that's...
2: I remember that joke. I'm trying to remember who fucking. Yeah, I, I don't I... remember
3: what comedian said it, but it I, like it's one of those jokes that's like so funny and so awful at the exact same time. Exactly. I think it's. I, I think it was Jeff Ross. It might have been. It might have been.
2: Jeff Ross gets a lot of like leeway of being particularly
3: mean. Well, that's the that's who he's established himself. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, like that's yeah. that's what he does. That's what people. It's him with Anthony Jeselnik. Like they, you expect to see that type of humor
1: when you see Jeselnik. I fucking love Jessel, Nick. That guy cracks me to hell Oh, yeah, it's
3: amazing. Yeah. It's great, and but he's worked hard. And yes. He's probably eaten a lot of shit on stage to get to that, to develop that persona persona, and to find that audience. That would audience you, has to come to him.
1: Would you say that Jeff Ross, though, just briefly, is probably this generation's Rickles, do you think? Or similar?
3: I mean, I don't put anybody on par with Rickles, because he was just well, friggin- yeah. Of Ridic- course. I mean, I guess as close as you can get, yeah, maybe.
1: No, I mean I I'm mean, not he's a,
3: he, he's a great buster of balls, but Rickles was just like he oh, yeah. he was like a mile a minute.
1: Oh no, Rickle Rickles is like the Mount Rushmore, of course. Yeah. But I'm saying like if you're gonna have like a modern day comparison, I think that's as close as you get. I'm you know, Yeah. It's, yeah. What's
2: well, that's so- a good question. Who would be on the Mount Rushmore of comedy? Rickles, Carlin, Pryor, who would be number four?
1: oh man
3: i mean like robin robin did so much outside i mean are you talking solely stand-up comedy or just like comedy in general because robin williams made such a made such an impact in like performing comedy not just stand-up comedy yeah just the
2: four like mount just the four best stand-up comedians that would be on
3: mount fun oh man yeah i I mean those guys i mean you got to look at like chappelle yeah, God, but he's done. Um I did block. not
2: love his last special to be perfectly honest. There was
3: moments that special I really dug and there was moments that special I was like, "Okay, you're just trying to get people to fucking go nuts." Like right. you're you not- writing jokes specifically to antagonize people, which is fine. Let's he can do whatever he wants it's his special. But then there's other moments where I love like his his stance on the his abortion bits. I thought those were great. Well, so yeah, was Yeah, it's great, but
2: there, there was to- there were times where like I feel bad. I'm laughing. Like it's not. It's it's more of like, Ugh. it's not well, so much as laughing about. It, it's just kind of.
1: Ugh. I I don't know about that because to, to go to, to your point, Eddie about Cheselnick, he's got that abortion joke on his last special that was like yeah. about dropping a baby. That it was like, okay, that was kind of funny. Like it's it's yeah. rough, but it's funny, you know. I mean, so. I don't
3: know if I because I, I view it as a comedian, so I, I kind of I see what he's doing, like like. I laugh at the jokes and I appreciate the jokes and the bravery to say those things on, on camera and in front of a packed <laughs> room to say right. those. I mean, just to say that some of the stuff he was saying takes right. a lot of balls. Um, but I also see like some of the stuff, some of the jokes were seem to be written just to antagonize people, just to piss people yeah. off.
4: Yeah. Which to me
3: isn't like, OK, well, what is that really comedy? Or are you just trying to get a rise out of people? Like, he I don't know what shock yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then there's other stuff that I was generally like, oh my God, this is some of this stuff is brilliant.
2: On the flip side, I thought his other two recent Netflix specials from like a year or two ago, those yeah. were fucking hysterical. I thought those were yeah. infinitely funnier. The whole, and then I kicked in the pussy. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that part was just, it, it was the best ending to a great setup. Plus him. Periodically talking about O.J. Simpson. I mean, yeah, like periodically, like oh, and now oh, fourth time I met
3: O.J. Simpson. Yeah, that- it seemed like those other two specials are, were stuff he had been working on and crafting. And this seems like this special just came solely came out of the fact of like the way the PC culture has gotten and started taking down people for the way they speak or talk. And it seems like this was just a sole rebuttal to that, and it was built that whole way. I mean, that's that's the way it came off as, but you know.
1: I can agree with that. Um, I had a question. I just lost it. Some bitch. Um, <laughs> Go to no, the other
2: I, questions. Go, there's, there's other well, hashtag no, ask Eddies.
1: There's a couple, but the other thing I wanted to ask you, real quick, though, um, yeah. Eddie, is just because you sit with them so frequently, do you think. Cause you have to admit, I'm sure, that Ralph's a funny fucking dude, but doing stand-up on stage is very different than what Ralph does both when he was on the radio and now with the Ralph Report and even with Babylon. So, like, yeah. could uh, if he's done it, then I've never seen it. But can Ralph, do you think Ralph could go up and do, like, a set? Um, I think so. I think he could. I, it, it, I don't think he could get right up because he would
3: – You you do have to go up and eat a little shit because it's well, different sure. – it's a different timing. It's a different performance than going up and doing a live podcast or hosting something and being funny as a host. Um, and I'm sure he could get up there and just bust b- balls on people in the audience because he's great at that. Like He could right. just start doing crowd work and probably be right. hilarious. But to craft like a 15 or 30 or an hour set, it would take time to do that. And I, I, He's more than capable because he's a brilliant writer and he's the hardest worker I've ever seen at anything. Um, so if he decided to go that route, i no doubt he would be amazing at it.
1: Okay, just curious. Um, Nico, but I don't, you...
3: I don't think he could just go up next week and crush for 15 minutes on material. I think he could, unless he had his fan. If, if Garmy was there, he's going to crush. But if well, sure. he goes to a place where people don't know him, it might, you know, it, but that, that's comedy. That's stand-up with anybody.
1: Speaking of the We're... Garmy, you've kind of developed your own following with the idiots from what I've seen, and that seems to be a newer, <laughs> yeah. um, a newer <laughs> phenomenon. So how does that feel to have your own, like, spinoff of the garmi
3: it's kind of cool like i've been i've been slugging away at this career for like 21 years now and you know i'd had i'd been on tv before i'd i'd done special I mean, you know, i'd been to all the comedy festivals i'd done the big things you're supposed to do as a comedian but i never got the attraction with a fan base like i never built that following being into ralph's show and with the garmi He's got that built-in following, and they—they they were so kind to me to embrace me because coming into that situation, I didn't know what it was going to be like. It could have backfired horrendously, right? Because um, you know people don't like change, and like this is our <laughs> group. What are you doing here? Like that sort of thing. And I—I sh- I think he did lose some people because of that very reason. But for the most part, I would say 90 percent of the garmy has brought me in, and a lot of them become fans of mine just through the show and through other things that they follow- followed me on my onto other podcasts that I do and. I had 12 or 11, 11, or 12 people come to the special taping that just lived in that, that area. Like, I had these people now consider themselves fans of me, which is really kind of cool. And to actually have someone came up with the name Eddie as the group, and I was like, that's perfect. And it yeah. just, it sort of just kept growing.
1: I also like the, the, um, the logo I saw on that t shirt that's kind of got the Star Wars esque Oh, yeah. Aaron,
3: uh, another Garvey member, Aaron, uh, she uh, created, she creates, she's been, she created the Care Force one too. Her and uh, another guy, remember Todd kind of combined with that one. Aaron's like, I want to make your logo. I'm like, you have any ideas? I'm like, just make it look like Star Wars. And that's what she came up with.
1: Yeah, it looks good, man. I like it a lot. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned, Rico, if you have something, let me know, but I'm kind of going off my list here between, okay, oh. um, Cause you mentioned the other podcast and Smoke smoke sent us the most questions more than anybody else <laughs> off our hashtag. So he did have another one. He wanted me to know the yep. wanted to know is insomnia the reason you do so many shows? Um, it could be yeah.
3: Well it's I do have insomnia, so I don't sleep a whole lot. But the reason I do I just say yes to everything. Right. Because life is so short and this career is so weird and you don't know where one thing leads to the next, so you just say, you got to just say yes to everything. Sure. Hence why you're here right now. Oh, us. right. But <laughs> I enjoy it. Like if I, if I hated doing this stuff, I would, I wouldn't even be in this business, but I know that's what this business is and I enjoy it. So I just like, if someone says, Hey, you want to come on my show? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I want to come on your show.
4: Oh, you know? I and
3: if someone's like, Hey, you want to start a podcast? I'm like, yeah, if I have time, to- if I have the time or whatever, yeah, let's do it. So that's, I'm on another podcast called the Ramble with my comedian friend, Jerry Rosha. And then I, I just started this swings and misses thing. Uh, a couple weeks ago, with uh, Jen Sturger and Cody Decker, a former baseball player, um, and that's been going well. I mean, it's the, the hours in the day are there; they don't seem to be enough anymore. But right, you know,
1: yeah. Well, and it's funny because you bring up the swings and misses. So, so our fans know that Rico could give a flying fuck about sports, <laughs> but that I am an Eagles fan. Diehard Eagles fan. I've been an Eagles fan. I've, I live just over the bridge in Jersey from Philadelphia, so I've been that's raised t- that's like. That's too bad. No, no, it's a good thing. <laughs> trust me.
4: Um,
2: <laughs> I hate the fucking Eagles, man.
1: I, I'll actually tell you something kind of interesting, Eddie, in a minute, but like, you know, it's it, so that's one of the reasons why I connect with Ralph, you know, is yeah. because he, I mean, where he grew up is literally, I think I work in that town now. You know oh, what really? I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So it, you know, it it works out to have those those connections, and then obviously Kevin up just being in Jersey, even though he's a little further north from where I live, it's still close yeah. enough that it feels the same circle. Um, but you're doing this this sports podcast now. What is it, it well? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like a radio show that they also release as a podcast. Am I correct? Yeah, it's, it's on the Radio.com app,
4: right?
3: Um. And we do we record 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time every day with cameras. It's like a it's it's video uh, that it's a three hour show, and then immediately after that, it goes up to iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff as a podcast. Um, so it's it's we just started like three weeks ago, and you know the, the sketchy thing about it is I was hesitant to take the job. Jen and Cody are my good friends, and they got the the gig after Cody retired from baseball, and Jen works with AEW wrestling right now. Um, and they both asked me to come on and they won. They approached them to do the show as a husband and wife couple. And they were like, well, we'd like the idea, but we want to have someone there to bounce off of. And I've known them forever. And they asked me to come on and do it. And I'm like, okay. And I was hesitant because it radio.com is owned by Intercom, which as you guys know yeah. is the same uh, company that dicked over Ralph.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin be and Bean.
3: yeah. And so I was very hesitant to do this. And I was even hesitant to tell Ralph once I got it. If I was, you know, cause I, the whole thing felt weird to me and i was like i'll go in and do it but i have to be able to keep doing ralph and i there's no i you you guys can't put any restrictions on me or anything like that so there's been some contract stuff back and forth i still haven't signed a contract with them it's been three weeks um but hopefully that's gonna get ironed out soon but the show itself i I love working with jen and cody it's fun and it's not just sports it's sports and entertainment so we're kind of doing pop culture stuff and sports stuff it's not just Heavy sports stuff because if you want sports stuff, just go to ESPN or NFL sure. Network. If you want yeah. sports stories, but we try to tackle, we try to combine personal stories and entertainment, pop culture stuff, and sports. So it's it's more of an entertaining show than a sports show. I, um, and- but that's where that. Is.
0: Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia.
5: right
1: now. To so. to that point you made a great comment about Jerry Jones that if you recall it I would love for you to re- re-say it here oh, because I, it I, cracked I, I me think the I fuck up. With,
3: like, <laughs> Is there anyone older or whiter than Jerry Jones and he is the Emperor Palpatine. If you put a hood on him he's Palpatine, I think.
1: Right. I but on top of that the, the, the best part of that is you said he's Palpatine post lightning strike. Oh, post lightning strike. That <laughs> floored me. Like I was I was doing research at work, like on a break at my desk and I started laughing out loud and people around me were like what are you I'm like oh nothing. Nothing, you know, because they just, oh my god, dude, it was oh, hysterical. Yeah,
3: I forgot about that line. Post-Leging's um,
1: great. Yeah, that was the best part of it. I mean, it was a great analogy anyway, but that line just sent it over to the top. Thank you. I, Thanks. First off, and, and if you ever need the common fan who knows how to talk into a microphone, I'm available, so please keep that in mind. Come um, there. That said, I'm sorry that we beat you today. Just need to get that out of the uh,
3: yeah, I, We were up 17 to nothing. Yes. And everybody started texting me. And I saw everybody on Twitter was like, oh, Ralph's going to have to eat a bunch of shit on the Ralph report tomorrow, like all this stuff. And I like, I purposely didn't respond to any of it. because like, I know these Redskins. I know this team. <laughs> I know this Eagles team. And this is not going to last. And yeah. people were texting me. I'm like, yeah, just give it. This is I'm trying to remember this first quarter right now because this is the best I'm going to feel all year long.
1: Yeah. Can, I mean, probably for one second.
2: If you What's guys that? are gonna talk. If you Can I jump in for one second? If you guys yeah. are going to talk for like five to ten more minutes, I'm going to go up with smoke. No, it's not like, going to, no. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys alone. <laughs> See, it's... You guys this is... argue and cuddle and, and go Redskins <laughs> and go fucking Raiders and what the fuck, <laughs> what's a team and, and who's pitching and who's catching and uh. I, I,
4: I'll,
2: I'll leave you guys alone <laughs> for a couple of minutes. Is that what you want? Um, I, I d- could go. I could go have a cigarette while you guys are just like jerking each other off over
6: sports. I
1: you don't I, like d- to watch, you, right? I mean, come on. I, I thought you. I mean, it,
2: it, granted, I do like to watch uh, a <laughs> slag involved, but uh...
1: I thought you were a cuck, Rico. I thought you were. Um, I'm, uh, you thought I was a what? I thought you were a cuck. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> No, but, <laughs> Eddie, I did want to ask you, so you, you brought up a valid point, though, so how did Ralph react when you did tell him you were doing this this show, this this sports, and the, inter, uh, um, he, the intercom he and all was that?
3: Like, he was like, hey, just, you know, because I, I told him it was intercom, he's like, yeah, they're, you know, they are what they are, I'm like, yeah, you know, and he's like, are you going to do it? I'm like, well, they're going to pay me, and it's a lot less than what they said they were going to pay me. He's like, oh, yeah, the figures, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then... He's like, yeah, you know, just, just do it and get the money, man. Just get the money. Like, he was cool with it. You know, I felt probably more apprehension about it than he did because I, I didn't want to go work for a company that had dicked over a good friend of mine so badly. Sure. But and the only reason I saw I, I didn't even really sit out, you know, seek out this job. I just had two other friends who were like, could you please come on and help make this help us do this show? I know it'd be better for all three together. I'm like, all right, like, because I, I haven't been like, I'm not tr- trying to do this show, but they asked me. So I'm, I'm trying to help out my friend.
1: Right, so. right. Um. Rico, you you had told me leading up to this day of talking to Eddie that you knew a little bit of the history of how he got involved with Ralph and the report. Did you want to bring that up and talk to him?
2: The fucking guy is sitting right in front of me. I may be wrong, but um. <laughs> well, let's find <laughs> out if
1: you're wrong and okay, if you're right,
2: I'll then you fa- can I'll confirm it. I'll fact
3: check you in real time. Uh,
2: what I understand is that because I was Ralph, kind of said it on your first appearance on the Ralph Report was that you were always kind of there at Babylon and you were always helping out with like, like the like concession shit and like, and you were helping. Yeah, I, was,
3: putting- yeah, I know. I had known Ralph forever, and uh. Like for years, and I'd always hang out at the improv because I'm a comic and I would just hang out there and they would be doing Babylon. I'd known him when they were doing it over at Lovitz too, and that's where I'd originally met him. and He had me on K Rock to promote some shows on the morning show, and so I would just hang out there and I got we always got along really well, busting balls, you know, busting balls and making jokes. and I would sell shirts for them or whatever. I would give his drunk ass a ride home sometimes, um, <laughs> and then he just. Like, we, we always chatted, we were always just friends, and then he just out of the blue one day, on, I think it was like May, uh, two years, a year and a half ago, he's like, hey, I'm thinking about bringing on a co-host for this podcast I'm doing, do you want to try it out? And I'm like, oh, sure, absolutely. So oh,
1: All right, well, I mean, that's I mean, not... That,
2: that is pretty much what I was going to say, what
1: happened.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that I wasn't completely out of the fucking park. I'm glad I was but... at least
3: off. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we'd we always been buddies and he just, I think he reached out to me because he knew I was, I had an open schedule and I'm reliable and, you know.
1: Well, you also seem pretty, and I don't know if you do it on purpose or just your nature because, you know, we're just getting to know you ourselves, but like, he pounces on everything you say like a fucking cat, dude. Like, he's <laughs> brutal on some of this stuff you come up with, like, and then some of it's so like, just. You're not even trying. You're just saying something in passing, and he just pounces on that shit. Well,
3: I mean, that's when Ralph is best, right? When he's, like, ripping on somebody. And I think he thought that's maybe what – I guess he was getting feedback from the listeners of the show before I came on. Like, you need somebody there to bounce off of. I mean, you were so good on Kevin and Bean ripping on Bean or ripping on Kevin. I think that people wanted that. So he brought me on board, and it took me a while to find my groove with it because I needed to be the foil on that show, and I understood that right um, he didn't tell me to be he didn't tell me to be that he just said come on and do whatever you do but i knew like that's kind of what made that's when ralph was at his best when he's when he has a foil to go against and i was like all right so uh, my whole thing is i just go on there with like no filter and i just say the first stupid thing that comes into my head <laughs> and then it just Lord to add what's that that sounds familiar yeah, so you just, but you have to in order to be entertaining on that show. And, right. And for me, and, and I'm not there for the pre-product, pre-pro and the prep, so I don't know what's coming at me. So I can't sit there and think and try to craft a joke. I just have to say what's in my head without thinking about it, and then he jumps on it. And it, 85% of the time, it's a, a stupid thing to say, but I'm in the moment, and I just got to say something. And I say it, and he jumps on it, and it becomes something.
1: Yeah, because he loves going out, especially, like, your, your food tastes and things yeah. like that. Like, he just, <laughs> I mean, the whole, uh, fuck, what does he call it? The, the, I want to say the wheel, but that's not it, but he spins that. Oh,
3: slot machine, the that's patented it. Eddie Penn slot machine.
1: Yeah. I don't, Rico, are you familiar with this, or no? Uh, not. Right. What, what, care to elaborate? Do, Eddie, do you want to do it, or do you want me to do it? Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh. Uh,
3: uh, I, well, I'm a picky eater, so what we do is every day there's like some food-related holiday or moment in history that re- relates to food, and he tells he talks about the food and asks me if I would eat it. And I'm a very picky eater, notoriously, and I give him a thumbs up or thumbs down after he says what the food is, and then he presses the Eddie Pence slot machine sound, so it sounds like a slot machine coming up, and it either hits three things, and we and I give him a thumbs up, and it's all coins, or it's uh, you know. It doesn't hit, and then he yells at me.
2: I think he needs to bring the food and have you eat it on air. That's, no, they've that's
3: done it. Oh, you, you have? Sometimes. We, I have done some. He's brought me Scrapple. One time I had eat Scrapple. I ate a peach. Um, and then and at the live shows, we always end the live show with
1: me yeah. eating something. That's what I was talking with, about, because I, I know the live show does that. So Wait,
3: don't so like, you don't like peach? Yeah, I don't like peaches. Or pineapple.
1: I I'm mean,
2: with pineapple, you on pineapple, I can give you a
3: pineapple. But, like, peach... Yeah, I like peach. Just... Okay, I'm, it's uh, I'm big on texture, and it feels like I'm biting into a human tumor.
1: <laughs> 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 I, t- I, really... t- I I'm flip, so flip. tempted to do a terrible Nicolas Cage impression right now <laughs> because of face off. Um, I'm not going to do it because it is terrible. Um, but still, eating a peach. Um, but no, it, a peach it all day. I, I will congratulate you, by the way, since I, it just happened. You did get five days or six days in a row, if I recall. Because we're I we're get... up to
3: eight now because I got all three last week, too. No shit. Week.
1: All right. Yeah.
3: So wow. We're in uncharted territory. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> well,
4: speaking
2: I also... of
3: food, actually,
2: uh, Smokey asked another question. He said, what is something you would eat that most everyone else wouldn't?
3: Huh. A peach? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, Smokey. I don't. I don't know what I would eat that. would Because I. I eat very few things. I guess <laughs> Chef Blair D probably.
1: Yeah. No, I, a lot of people <laughs> see, eat that. that. <laughs> so I don't know if that works. But yeah.
3: <laughs> I eat ravioli out of a can.
1: Oh, I know plenty of people to do that. See, so um, that's why
3: I'm, I don't know. I. Like, I don't know what I would eat that other people wouldn't eat.
2: Dude, I'm Italian. I can't eat fucking ravioli out of a can. <laughs> <laughs> so that is disgusting to me, personally. Yeah,
1: just, Yeah, don't get me started. Anyway, um, he's. You know how you say you're a picky eater, Eddie? <laughs> he's the reverse. Like he's the reverse picky. Like if it's if it's not like he's a fresh food snob. Yes, he's a snob eater. Yes, thank you. Um. Well, when it's it comes to stronger. Italian food, anyway, you know.
2: No, I'm sorry. I just don't want to eat garbage.
1: Like. Okay, Rico, you ate the dollar taco from Burger King. Don't tell me you don't want to eat garbage. I
2: don't. Fuck. That was for a goddamn review, and I was curious. (laughs) Um, I I haven't like got it since. Actually, no, I did do one time. Yeah. All right, fuck. So twice? I spent two dollars on fucking Burger King tacos once.
1: All right. All right. Um, They're actually good
3: tacos. Those Burger King tacos are pretty good. No, No, they're not. They're like like overgrown tacos no, they're not but bad
2: that so you that so you are a picky eater when you'll eat garbage but you won't eat fucking fruit is what you're saying that's that's yeah,
3: the, no, eh, well no i'll eat some fruit i just don't like peach. i'm a texture person like can i don't you, like the, like i'll eat an apple
1: can you not insult our guest please i'd appreciate that <laughs> he insulted himself i'm just helping him out don't no. don't help don't help um we do one last question from the from the hashtag cuz like you guys with Steve Ashton we have a british reporter for our our show um nice. we did not we did not steal it it just kind of came to be and so we're running with it um you
2: know always flocking to america for some reason Yeah, you
1: know. Um our friend Henry uh you you may know is making a movie called Chasing Leia which is a Really interesting short that we've been promoting the crap out of now for, well, basically since we started. Um, and he wanted this, he says that Richard Pryor Live in Concert is the greatest stand-up comedy show of all time. Do you agree? So I guess that's, the question is, do you think that's the best stand-up comedy ever? Special. Um, like I said, like, I'm so partial to that Robin Williams Live at the Met just because of the impression it
3: made on me the first time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a ton, like that, the Richard Pryor one is a great one. Uh, there's like two or three George Carlin ones there, like in the mid-late 80s, I think are phenomenal. Um, I mean, there's a couple Bill Burr ones, I think are, Bill Burr's, I think are just amazing. Uh, Brian Regan, I walked on the moon, kills me. Uh, I don't know if Richard, to me, Richard Pryor, I mean, I love Richard Pryor, but I don't know if that one to me is the greatest one of all time just because of, you know, I, I, the the Rob Williams one is just one that knocked, knocked out of the park for me as a child. And I and I, and I agree with you. There's, on my brain. There's I'm a George Carlin one. Be at, unspecial. Yeah, it well, will be the unspecial when that comes out.
1: Well, yeah, it has to come out first, Rico. Come on. <laughs> um, like you talk about the Carlin ones. Like one of the ones that you talk about making an impression. One of the ones, and I wish I remember the name of it because I've only seen it like twice, but it still registers with me. He did one where he took the Ten Commandments and knocked it down to three. Yes, and, yes. Uh, I,
3: yeah, I can't think of the name of the special, but yeah, I know which one you're talking about.
2: It's called It's Bad For You.
1: Oh, is that the one? Okay, thanks, Rico. It? Um, And I think if, pretty- it's, if I recall, it's the same one where he talks about the, you know, when we were younger, we had immune systems by jumping in the fucking Hudson River and swimming for like a day. You know, that's how yeah. you, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, So, Rico, please jump in, because I've been talking nonstop. Or we'll yeah. just start talking sports again, because I'm sure Eddie and I could do that for another hour. <laughs> if, you that,
2: if you do, just let me go out a smoke, and I'll come back. <laughs> um, you think I'm joking. Like, I would like to have a cigarette, guys. Like, I'm not you should have had
1: the cigarette before we started.
2: We didn't have time to start, because all of a sudden we had to start doing this shit. <laughs> oh,
1: all don't. Time we didn't expect. Uh, do you see what I deal with on a weekly basis, Eddie? Jesus Christ. Yeah.
3: I feel bad for you, but you're wearing an Eagles jersey.
1: Oh, oh!
4: Wow, so. he
2: insulted both of us in one
4: sentence. <laughs> yes, he, well,
3: that's why he is who he is. i um, fucking. Oh, oh! You spend five days a week with Ralph Garman. You learn. You yeah.
1: some things. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um,
3: Oof.
4: you, you actually do. talked.
1: That,
2: that's fucking- Eddie, I thought we had like a connection. We were connecting <laughs> each other and, and making fucking jokes. Well, well you're you getting ready to walk out and have a smoke, right? Well, I can't. I, I can't smoke in my house.
1: Well, then you just wait till the interview's over. Fuck. Um, <laughs> we gotta talk about something
2: interesting apart from sports, for Christ's sake. What are you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, Rico, if you're so intense, go ahead, there, buddy. <laughs>
2: uh... <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood, didn't wasn't that the thing that we were gonna possibly
1: talk about? I suppose. See he's so All right, well, all right CJ, if you, you got some shit you want to say, go ahead. No, this is hey. Um anyway. Hey, we're not Star- this disjointed Eddie, don't, I promise. Don't this you is argue with me in front of that <laughs> <laughs> Um
3: This is fascinating.
1: I'm God. I'm glad you're in you're finding it... It's our last show, so, I mean, that's, you know... <laughs> the fucking comedy theme of Abbott and Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> More like Abbott and Asshole. Um, anyway... Oh. so oh, Second week in so a row, a I got you. <laughs> oh, that was
2: so good of a joke. I don't know how to cover, cover that.
1: Yeah, I know. Second week in a row, I got you like that. Because the one we put out today, I got you like that, too. Um... <laughs> Eddie, if you want to talk about that movie because he does he does want to talk about it and I know that you and Ralph talked about it a little bit at the time, to- the episode I heard you had not seen it yet, you were going like that day, I believe so oh yeah, I saw it what What were your thoughts on it? Um, I, I enjoyed the movie it,
3: again, it's long, it's Tarantino so it's, if you could cut out 45 minutes, it'd be a better movie just like The Hateful Eight but yeah, you know, I enjoy Tarantino stuff. Uh, I thought the last twenty minutes was, was amazing. I he was so satisfied. It was like one of the most satisfying twenty minutes in film,
4: <laughs> right? For some it reason. was the way he it
3: built was. it, and then when it was happening, I'm like, I really, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this.
1: I I remember because see, I I've made the mistake of hearing a couple different reviews from different sources before I saw the movie because I try not to do yeah. that because I feel like it. it in general, no matter what you're seeing, it affects your opinion or how you view something. And... Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I did hear you and Ralph talk about it before I saw, and, like, Ralph's thing about Tarantino's foot fetish was playing in the back of my head the entire (laughs) time. So, like... And he's right. Like, I always kind of knew that myself, but it really is, like, in your face in this movie.
3: Yeah, it's a lot. So. a lot of hippie dirty feet yeah well i love how he he basically replaced in all of his other movies he uses the n-word so much and he basically replaced the n-word with hippie in this movie
1: yeah yeah that's true yeah like so. the same
3: connotation the same the same way it was delivered it was just they he just replaced that word with hippie it was
1: that's
3: yeah, you know tarantino i i i had a bit of a i mean
2: i didn't Hate it, but I was very disappointed by it. I, because I am, I think we're all Tarantino fans, but what, I, I was just disappointed because I was hearing nonstop amazing reviews about, oh my God, it's his, it's his magnum opus. Oh my God, it's the best movie he's ever made since Pulp Fiction. And I, I think, um, no, it's, it's really fucking not. I would say Hateful Eight was infinitely more entertaining. I agree mm. that the, the last 20 minutes were, Pretty fucking spectacular, but you're going for two
6: You coming to bed, hon?
5: Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light.
6: Ow. 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 Ah. Some things never change. Ow. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. Ow. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie. I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.
2: Hours of, yeah. of Zoom shots of 1969 uh, Taco Bell. and yep. what And the Manson family really kind of didn't need to be in this fucking movie to begin with. Um, well, no,
1: that's not Di- true because you need it for the the twist at the end. If you don't have that, that twist at the end gets destroyed. My my, my point is that it's two
2: separate fucking movies smushed together. It's it's about Le- it's about basically Leo DiCaprio is if Clint Eastwood wasn't successful is really what it is. And Clint and, and Leo's character was by far uh, less interesting than Brad Pitt. Which I've never said that in a fucking movie, I, uh, but that <laughs> I was really fascinating, this film. But then they give you a bunch of little things about the character that you kind of want to know more and you don't get, which is fine. You don't have to get everything in every fucking movie. But like, I wanted to know if he actually, if his character killed his wife or if it was just an accident. Um, I, I do agree that I think as much as the guy looked and sounded like Bruce Lee, that That was kind of a disrespectful scene in its own fucking way. uh, Where about, you know what I'm talking about, the Bruce Lee scene with, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I know Bruce Lee was very kind of self aware and self deprecating, but like, I, I just kind of felt like it was, it was misplaced in the film personally. Um, I do think that Tarantino needs to direct a fucking horror movie because that whole scene with Brad Pitt walking to the ring. Yeah. Yeah, but that was insane. And then it we're was. like, "Oh my God, he's gonna find the old man dead." Nope, the dude's alive, just like they fucking said. And he's, and oh, it's Bruce Stern because Bruce Stern needs fucking work, I guess. Okay, good for him. And then, well, okay,
3: that was supposed to be Burt be Reynolds, I believe.
2: Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. supposed to be Bert Reynolds, but, well, uh, but and... also, uh, Al Pacino was fucking wasted in that film.
1: Well, because when you. I... I think that would have been Michael Parks without respect to Michael Parks I think that's who that would have been had it not been same reason why Burt Reynolds on the movie. I don't know Rico. I I like that if I was to get if I was to put it somewhere I'd I agree with you that it's not the best thing since pulp fiction. I would still put pulp fiction and both kill bills above it but it's right below them for me. That's where I kind of would put it in the in the rankings.
2: I think my final my final uh, um, my final review about it is that I think the little girl was the best part of that whole fucking movie. As far as I'm, yeah, concerned. she was great. She like every that.
3: time I go into a Tarantino movie, I, ex- I expect it's going to be longer than I want and there's going to be about 25 minutes, like three maybe three scenes that are going to be that are going to be so awesome and blow my mind that it's going to make me not care so much that I'm there for three and a half hours, and that's usually what I get out of every every single Tarantino film. I don't walk out going that was the greatest film ever. I love Tarantino. It just like every, every Tarantino film is the same to me. It's three hours long and there's like 20 minutes of it that are going to be spectacular.
2: But <laughs> it, it to me, it didn't feel like it had, you know, that quote unquote Tarantino scene. It didn't have a Royal cheese. It didn't have a Sicilian scene from true romance. It didn't, well, yeah, have... It didn't have
3: the dialogue scenes. The di- it didn't have the heavy dialogue scenes like you're expecting. And I'm just talking about like that, lat- the whole last scene, the man at the, the man's Family murder thing that was like on par with, you know, the Gimp scene, like shit like that.
2: Yeah, I I would agree with that. But I, I, in my opinion, I think there need to be one additional scene because then the fucking movie ends when it's really finally getting interesting. As far as I'm concerned, there there should have been one additional scene, which is another group of members of the Manson family coming back like a week later, and that's why Sharon Tate was murdered, is because. They initially wa- knocked on in the wrong house, got torched by Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio, and this was all in a revenge. It would have been a more interesting, like, oh, so that's how it fucking but, happened. But Man, you're more- missing...
1: You're missing the point, Rico. The point of the... And, and Eddie, jump in if you agree or disagree, but the point of the movie is to tell the story about what if Sharon Tate didn't die. That's the overall... That's why right after you see her walk back in their house, it says, once upon a time, dot, 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 and fades. Like, that's the idea. Okay. It's like,
3: you can, Glorious Bastard, this, uh, that opens with once upon a time and... If you, you know, the beginning of Or inglorious yeah. Bastards, because, you
1: know. I did forget about that one when I was ranking them, by the way, but that's beside the point. And, um, and
2: I I agree, but then that's that's my point, is that it ends just when you're like, okay, now the story can go somewhere. It should have, the whole thing should have been happened in the middle of the movie. And then we see what happens with fucking Sharon Tate and Polanski and, and Leo DiCaprio and all that yeah. shit. That, like that's the, all. I'm saying.
3: The prequel should have started at episode two.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I liked episode two, but that's beside the point. Um, oh, that's the
3: worst one. No, it's that's not. Thank
1: one. you. No, that's exactly.
3: the worst one. The first oh one's God.
1: the worst one.
3: No, it's not. Yeah, no. it is. Yeah, <laughs> the that
1: first one's terrible.
3: Episode two is the worst one. Yeah.
1: No,
2: it uh, looks like a carti- wh- it
1: looks like an episode of Clone Wars.
3: Clone Wars episode is good. one had
2: Dark Maul. What did episode two
1: have? I like the whole sequence with um. Well, first the off, it had it had the, it the fight. The, the lightsaber at the end. duel. The lightsaber duel in Episode One makes
3: it an infinitely better film than Episode Two. Thank you.
2: <sighs> That's what I've been saying for a year
3: and a half. Just for that, just because of the Darth Maul, Qui Gon, Obi Wan lightsaber duel, it's a better film than Episode Two.
2: Even if the fight was awful, you still have the music of Duel of the Fates in the yes. background. It's a fucking scene. Episode Two is irredeemable. <laughs> It's the worst of the Star Wars movies. You know how bad episode two is? Episode two <laughs> is episode two of the Star Wars franchise. That's how bad it is.
1: This must be how you feel on a daily basis, Eddie, right? This is basically <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Just,
3: that's exactly what I feel like. Nice. It feels nice. good to shit it out, right, Eddie? It does. Yeah. It does feel good.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> um. I- Shit. Unleash the pet, the pet fury. Yeah, uh,
1: you know what? I I will take credit if Eddie goes into today's Ralph report recording and just starts dealing it to Ralph, and we hear that. I be like that's that's a direct result of pot of Skew. So, um. You mentioned being at the Lovett's during all that craziness. Do you have anything about that you would love to want to share or whatever or or elaborate maybe things we may not have known? Um, It was just
3: the whole that whole club at that time was a lot of shady shit was going on uh, because I was good friends with the co-owner Frank at the time. Still, I'm still good friends with him. So is Ralph and so is Kevin. They've done his they've done Babylon from uh, the eSports sports arena down yeah. in orange county yeah, 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 a couple yeah. times and that's what frank runs that now um so they're still good with frank and i was good friends with gabby who was the manager booker at the time and that's how and then she later on became ralph's uh personal assistant for a couple yes! of years
1: i've heard that name yeah, Ga- yeah
3: yeah gabby she also puts together babylon she runs she helps put together babylon um and they we all they all work there at lovett's at the time and it was just the, cl- the, cl- the club was struggling, and Frank, uh, a few years prior to the club going down, brought in the idea of doing live podcasts from there. And that sort of established the, it sort of gave an influx of money. And that's when Kevin Smith came in and started doing all his stuff from there. And it kind of gave the club in like another two years. Oh, and then like, uh, you know, Frank and Lovitz kind of didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And then Lovitz was blaming Frank for a lot of the club's short, you know, comings, even though. You have a comedy club, at Universal City Walk, on the second level, where parking is twenty dollars just to get in, and most people that are walking the City Walk, you're not getting street traffic because it's families going to Universal Studios for the right. day. So, like, it's just the worst location ever for a comedy club, and so it was it was doomed from the beginning. And then, so Lovitz was basically got Frank out, and then I know uh, Ralph and Kevin had a really good relationship and deal with frank and then once frank left lovitz tried to renegotiate that door deal and that's when uh ralph and uh kevin walked because they were the only people selling out that
4: club right, on a weekly right. basis
3: it was a dead club except for when they did babylon and then lovitz was trying to take their money from them and then i think he stiffs them on a couple payments and that's pay they,
2: because yeah. i'm an asshole
3: thank yeah. you <laughs> and that's when they walked, and they're like, "Screw this!" And they took it over to the Improv, and they, you know, they sell out whenever they go there. So yeah, and well, L- the Lovett's Club closed, I think, like six months later. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember reading that. What do you think is the best club to do? With, like, what's the best club you've ever performed at
3: in the country, or like in L.A.? Well, both. Uh, the, there's a in in the country. There's a great club in Madison, Wisconsin called Comedy on State. Okay, and that a lot of people don't know about that club, but it is. A phenomenal club like it's not too big it's not too small the crowds are super jacked all the time it's right there uh near uh wisconsin the university uh the okay. badgers
2: yeah they have like like a little room for chris farley because he's from madison wisconsin i would imagine that he'd be the golden boy from from there
3: uh I, I, the times i've been there they haven't really mentioned them but i don't i don't know i
4: don't That's know nice...
3: but that that comedy club's great um in L.A., The Laugh Factory has always been a great room. Right now, the Comedy Store is just, every night it's on fire. Right. Like, every single night.
1: Wasn't Jay Moore doing a thing down there regularly for a while? I think he stopped, but I think, was it the Comedy Store or was it the Improv? I forget which one um, it was at, but he was going, like, nightly for a while. Uh, you'll see
3: that. Like, that'll happen a lot at the clubs in L.A. You'll start seeing, like, like Chappelle will show up and just be somewhere every single night when he's getting ready to do a special, like they right. all come here cause they know they can bounce to the, like four or five clubs in a night. And you'll see that when someone's getting ready to do a special or something, or they're working on something like, especially on Oscar season. Like I know a few years ago, Chris rock hosted the Oscars. He mm-hmm. would just pop, he'd pop into every club and run his Oscar set. Like mm. that's just what happens here.
2: Eddie, you must get a little starstruck
3: from time to time. Yeah. Uh, not really. No. Like I've never really, I've never really been that way. I think if I saw people like, from my childhood, I would get starstruck. Like when my son, I took my son to see Dick Van Dyke at a book signing one time, and my I grew up as a Dick Van Dyke fan. Sure, and I got a little starstruck there. But that, that, that's because he's from my child. I think I had the same discussion with Ralph. Like he feels the same way. Like if it's people from his childhood, you get starstruck. But if it's people like today, I don't. I don't really get that starstruck seeing people.
2: You guys just had Burt Ward
3: on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did. I wasn't there for the interview. Ralph do you... does the interviews.
1: Yeah, you oh. you're, you're never yeah. there for the interviews. Does that bother you at all, or do you not care? No, no,
3: no. I don't really. I mean, because it's. I mean, it's Ralph's show. It is the Ralph Report, right? And I I'm totally aware of that. it's I'm just there to help facilitate the bits that we do together. And it it comes down to him. And people subscribe to that show for him. And he's a great interviewer, and I think I would just be a distraction, have been sitting there when people want to hear Ralph talk to these people. So I don't; it doesn't bother me at all. No, I, all right. I think it, I think it makes for a better show. It's and it's his show, so.
2: Is that why you got you agreed to
3: be interviewed on this, sir? Yes, because I just want to desperately be interviewed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 like um. It. You You mentioned Star Trek. And, it's my uh, dream. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You, you need to set the bar higher there, buddy, cause we're, we're not, the, we're not the pinnacle. Um, you, you mentioned though, and, and you bring up a valid point that, you know, like, getting starstruck is more about, like, childhood and, and, and people you admired as a, you know, coming up or whatever. Yeah. Have you, and you've mentioned him a few times, did you ever get the chance to meet Robin before he passed? I mean, uh. Williams.
3: Oh. Oh, Robin Yes, I actually did. I, it was, a uh, really, I actually got to perform in front of him one time this was like 2002 i was at the improv down here on melrose uh and the was, second city used to have the side theater there it was called second city which was the improv group from chicago but they had a school there yeah and i was there doing i was doing improv games on stage and we because they had a uh, they had an improv night and everyone went you could just go and do improv games and rob williams was always known to pop into that place and he'd jump up on stage and start doing improv games with people and, uh, one time I was just on stage doing improv games and I look in the back of the room and it's a packed room and it's not a big room either. And you can see Robin Williams and Rick Overton. you know, Rick Overton? Guys I know, know the who name. Rick
1: is? Yeah, I know the name. He's good. He was good. For, he was
3: good friends with, uh, Robin and he's been in a thousand things. Like if you Google Rick Overton, he's been, he's one of the, he's a comedy icon that no one knows about because he's, he's brilliant. Um, But like I saw those guys standing in the back of the stage, I'm like, holy shit! Robin Williams is watching me do improv right now. (laughs) Like at that moment, I was like, I was self, I became completely self-aware of like, oh my god, the guy that I idolized as a child is now watching me do improv on stage. And we got through with the scene, and he had like, I couldn't get over to him because I wanted to go meet him, and he had snuck out the back by that point. But I had known, I knew Rick Overton from doing improv because he was always around. Sure. And I went up to Rick. I was like, "Hey, is Robin still around? I He's like, "No," but he was like, "He's like, he really enjoyed what you guys did up there." I'm like, "Oh my god, that's," you know. So I got se- I got a secondhand compliment from Up <laughs> was Like, yeah.
1: that's still pretty badass, yeah. though. I mean, like, yeah, because and I've heard this, so you can clarify for me, please. But I've heard that comedians are comedians' worst critics. Like, if they, they say if you can get a comedian to laugh as a comedian, then you've done your job. You know.
3: Yeah, I mean we have. I mean they're called comics, comics. You know, like right. that comic that goes up on stage, and then like all the comics in the back of the room run in to watch. Like Brody Stevens was probably like the king of the comics, comics. Okay. If you guys know who Brody was, um, he just he died back in February, but he was that guy that like you would just run to the back of the room to watch him perform because he would just no matter how shitty the room was or how great the room was, he would just kill and he would do stuff. That sort of like you knew what he was doing because as a comedian, you would, you, you've been in that situation, but he would go in a different place. You're like, oh my God, why can't I do that when I'm up there in this shitty crowd? And he would just, it would just be so fun to watch.
2: I was looking up uh, Rick Overton and I realized, I mean, you're right. He's been a ton of shit. And, but I, I think I probably recognize him the most uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire. He was the Maitre D. Yes, he was
3: Maitre D. He was also. Yeah, he was, he was a major D. He was in Beverly Hills Cop. I think he was in the warehouse when they were, found all the coffee and the cocaine. Yeah, he was
2: the bond warehouse night
3: supervisor. Yeah, he mean, was, he's been in he everything. Was,
2: he was also in Groundhog Day as a guy yeah. named Ralph. So figure that one out.
3: He was the guy driving the truck. Remember when he took when Bill Murray got the truck with the groundhog? Don't drive angry.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He was also in Eight Legged Freaks. Uh, yeah, he's got a, He's yeah. You're right. I've seen him in everything.
3: He uh, he works all the time and if you ever see him as an improviser or a stand-up comedian he's like he's magic.
1: Do you prefer improv versus stand-up or
3: um I prefer stand-up because it's when you're up there and you're just you you control the room. Um imp- improv you you do have to rely on other people but when you're doing improv with the right people um and things are kind of clicking it, there's no other experience like doing that right because you have to be with the right people and you guys all have to be working on the same page and when like stuff happens and you know like you are like on stage going oh my god i can't believe this is happening <laughs>
4: like
3: and what was stand up your- you you're a little more in control it feels like do you remember your first night you performed yeah i actually have it on tape i actually have my first set ever on tape i was at the co- i was at the belly room of the comedy store was it successful Um, It was sort of successful because it was a uh, sort of a bringer show. So everyone, all the comics and the audience brought their friends to the show. Mm. That was Mm. the audience. It wasn't like a regular paying audience. So it was a very supportive audience. So everyone did well. And it Mm -hmm. gives you that false sense of security of like, oh, my God, (laughs) I can do this. And then you go and you do your first open mic and you eat the biggest dick you've ever eaten in your life.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I, uh, I did stand up comedy once uh, when I was underage. I I worked at a pizzeria and they had a cheeky bar nightclub thing upstairs, so yeah. they they allowed me to go up. I was like sixteen years old and in a bar couldn't even legally drink. The irony was that I looked older than all the people coming in to drink so i was they actually had me do be the doorman to check ids even though i was like 16 <laughs> years old i just didn't just grew up, i just didn't shave for a week and i looked like i was 40 um so i went up and did my set and i i knew i was funny and i had jokes and everything but i didn't have a set i kind of rushed yeah. into it thinking like oh, i'll wing this and that's not something you can do unless unless you're diving into it in an improv type of scenario where yeah. that's the whole point is. But even the people that I invited didn't fucking laugh, so that's how I knew I kind of (laughs) bombed.
0: If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered. Offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC.
5: Uh. Uh,
2: but but I also, in my own rationale, I said, "Oh, fuck it! If this is the only night I do comedy, I'm just gonna also end it with me crooning a Sinatra song because fuck it, why not?"
1: And oh, he yeah, can exactly. sing. I'll I'll give you know he's not as funny as he thinks he is, but he can sing. So, um, <laughs> you know, I I laugh on the show just for the keep the show flowing, but really, um, well, it's,
2: <laughs> good, it's a good thing that you. <laughs>
1: Yep, <laughs> it's better
2: than how you look. Let's put it that way.
1: I, I know I have a face for radio. I know that, so that's fine. Um, you don't, the vo- you don't even have a voice for radio. I would disagree with you there, but anyway, you have a, you have a voice
3: for newspaper.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Ow! Thanks, Eddie. Um, there you go. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Um, no, you I'm talked about eat, that though. You, you talked about that going up on stage and, you know, know if it's going to click. And, and you and Ralph and Steve and I think Carrie have done the show live a few times at this point. I yeah. was at like three or four. Uh, we're going to do our fifth one in two weeks. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew there was anyone coming. You know, we, we do a lot of joking and we have a lot of fun, but Rico and I would like to get to that point eventually. You know, we, you know, whether we'll ever get there or not is who knows. But we would love to be able to go and do this live for an audience. And I got to be honest with you, that scares the crap out of me. Like, it really, truly does. So, like, because like you were saying, it, it, I would hate to just for us to be doing our thing in crickets, you know.
3: Like, well, the the thing about you, you're being up, if you have someone up there, it's not just you. So as long as you have each other's backs and you're just like, OK someone, if it, if it starts to slow down, someone pick it up. Like you guys, you have to do that when you're doing like a a live podcast or whatever, you just, just keep it going. Just keep talking and you'll find the funny stuff when you're a standup comedian. It's way different because it's just you
4: Yeah, and you have no,
3: you have no one to tag out to, at least with you guys doing a, a live podcast, you can like, okay, this is my strength. That's your strength. Let's play off each other's strengths. And when stuff, you know, go to our bits when we need our bits, stuff like that.
1: Well, Rico you... would have no problem throwing me under the bus for the show, uh, so that wouldn't that, be a that's
2: problem. Bullshit. That's bullshit. I, I wouldn't have to throw it under the bus. You just walk across it and get hit. But <laughs> that's, that's beside um, the point. I, I've, al- I've always wanted to ask a stand up comic this. Is, is and I'm sure it depends on the comic, but is a Hector in its own way a secret weapon? Because a Hector annoys the piss out of comedians, but you can also turn it around on them yeah. to make. To make, what's your experience? Have you ever been heckled and then heckled them back in retaliation? And oh, yeah. In? I mean,
3: you get heckled all the time. Like, I, the, I don't mind hecklers. I don't mind doing crowd work. I'll, I'll go in and talk to the audience. And sometimes it helps you find
4: your That's way back I mean.
3: into your material or it helps you find a whole new bit anyway. The worst, the only hecklers I hate are the ones that are too drunk to shame into shutting up.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then then they, to
3: they, they, sure. what's that? Then you have to get like security to get them out. Yeah, that's, that's... and those are the uh, those are the hecklers that annoy the crowd. Like you can tell the audience starts getting annoyed by this heckler because they're just being disruptive to the show, right? The, you know. The... A...
1: Oh, sorry, Eddie. Please, I didn't mean to no. interrupt you.
3: No, I'm just like, yeah, we, when when someone's too drunk, and it, then they just disrupts the show, and you have to get the, the security come over and take them out, and then you have to reset the show once they're gone. And right. It, that's the only time, and it just because I just because it disturbs the audience, and that's the worst part.
1: I we I I don't remember what. I was watching because it was one of those things where you watch something on Facebook and then it says, hey, watch this on the side, you know, like one of those types of things. So I don't know who the comedian was, but he was getting heckled like that, like you're talking about by this guy was just hammered and he handled it so well, like he ended up making it 10 minutes of the set and then still got to do his set. Now, they didn't show his whole set on the thing that I was watching, but the crowd ate it up and it wasn't like a Jeff Ross or uh you know, someone that normally would take the crowd and and work with them. He, but this whoever this guy was, he was he.
2: Is it Steve pickled.
1: Hofstetter? I don't know. I'd have to see him. But tall, tall, skinny, like that sound. Was... Yeah, that sounds right. Then, but he,
2: all of his videos are usually him fucking.
3: Yeah, that's
1: what he posts. Being
2: attacked by heckles, and and I mean, he he is a talented comedian in his own way, but that is sort of now, unfortunately, his niche, which is like I'm just going to heckle back. Fuck you guys.
3: Yeah. Well, that's kind of what Jeff- You're also perpetuating it, too, by putting it out there all the time. Now, True. everyone that goes to a show is like, oh, this is the heckle comic. I'm going to heckle him.
1: Well, and yeah. it's just like the Bagel Boss fucker that we talked about last week, Rico. Like, uh, that guy uh, just fuck putting fuck the suckers. video up. Yeah. We we spent <laughs> a good 20 minutes talking about that little douchebag. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was okay with him trying to get his 15 minutes until he compared himself to Martin Luther King, and then I was just like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm out. I'm yeah, out at that. no, so, dude.
2: Like the little people have had it up to here with that shit. Okay. <laughs> um.
1: But going back to doing the show live, real quick, Eddie. Like, do you I find that like easier? That yeah, you got. Yeah, you like that. Do you yeah, short, people,
3: short people jokes get me?
1: <laughs> All you need to do is look at us, and you've got two of them. Um. But do you do you like doing the show live or do you prefer doing it's a different it's a way different dynamic because sure. the show
3: I do with Ralph is just me and Ralph uh, the live show it's Carrie and Steve are up there so it's just it's more of a balancing act because I feel like Ralph and I have a good rapport when we're doing our the show together sure but then you throw in two other two other people you just have to like you have to pull back a little bit and let everybody get their jokes in and stuff and so it's it's a different it's a different show than the recorded show. So I I like doing both because it's always fun to perform in front of a live crowd. It's just, you just have to be more aware of giving other people space to talk. That's the, that's the difference.
1: I feel like, and this is going to sound like I'm taking a shot at him, but I'm really not. But I feel like even with you, Ralph and Kerry, it works. I feel like Steve is the real like X factor in that from the live one that I did here. And it's not meant as a negative on him, but he didn't, I feel
3: like you Which was, one did you hear cuz he was super hammered like two two of like not last one but the one before
1: that The one where he was a macho man I think I didn't see oh, that it, was obviously last, That was last one.
3: He, he was uh he was spitting out jokes last one. He was sober and he was he was sharp. He was yeah, I I,
1: I, I don't know. It's not that he's not funny and it's not what it's but it's why I'm saying like I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking a shot at him cuz it's not that he's not funny or he's not entertaining but like you do have a good rapport with Ralph like you said and even when Carrie gets introduced to that cuz I've heard one or two episodes where the three of you were on the recording. It wasn't yeah. live. And that still seemed to work well. But Steve getting thrown in, I, that's when I felt like you pulled back more. And like you said, trying to get that balancing act. So that's not yeah. anything on you. Well, it's I mean, just- it's just,
3: it's it's difficult with having four people up. I mean, that's, you know, but I think everyone there's funny. I know Carrie and Ralph have their, you know, their relationship, which is funny to hear those two people talk yeah. to each other. And then Ralph and I have ours. And. Ralph and Steve has his, but like us four as a group, we haven't even, we've only done four live shows together.
4: Right. We've only right. done four
3: shows where we've all talked together. So it's hard to build that chemistry on the fly like that. So I think yeah. there, there might be some misfires when it is a live show in that way, but you know, you take the good with the bad, you know?
1: Yeah. I, and then look, I, I love Ralph to death, but Carrie's a gotta be a saint. <laughs> Cause I mean, <laughs> Jesus,
2: you know. Eddie, what's your what's your least favorite uh, Ralph Garman impression?
1: <laughs> what, my least favorite. Um, and
2: and your then what's favorite. your favorite?
1: What's both? Yeah.
3: Uh, I like it when he does Trump. He kills me when he does Trump. <laughs> um, my least favorite. I don't know. Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't a, know. I
2: don't know. Just, just as a friend, would you be like? Look, bro, as, as your friend, this is not a good impression. Like, there was
3: gotta, one, God, I can't remember who it was. He did one one time. I was like, no, that sounds like somebody. I, said, I actually called him out with on the air. I fucking, I can't remember who he was doing, but I said, no, that sounds like somebody else. I was like, what are you doing?
1: Oh, that's remember.
3: I can't remember. Sorry. I wish well, I could. No, it's fine. Trying
1: to we, Rico's dream would for us to be able to have like a, a, an impression off between him and Ralph, because he does quite a few himself. And, oh, you do? And, he, and he's nice. pretty good. I mean... And I think I think he would like to go back and forth with Ralph. I think it would be a f- it would be fun for me to watch. I would just sit back and laugh personally. Yeah, Ralph, I'm sure
2: Ralph. I'm sure Ralph would be fucking miserable. <laughs>
1: I'd be probably. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Ralph Trump is good. His Pacino's amazing. Yeah. Just because the facial expressions with it. Um, yeah. I, I fuck yeah, I don't know.
0: Like you I've never been. A,
3: I don't really. <laughs> I've What's never that? been that guy. Like I I enjoy an impressionist, and I I envy the talent. To be a mimic, but I've yeah. never been. I've never had a talent for it.
4: Mm.
3: I w- wish I did, because I think it would be a great arsenal to have just in comedy, just to be able to go to that if you need to.
1: Right, but I don't right. have it. And that's have, that- rough, have rough do
3: some pointers. I know. I, I I try to pick up on. I try to see what he does, and sometimes you see the impression as a direct impression of the person he's doing, it. and then other times you can see the impression is an impression of someone else doing an impression. like Right, right. Uh, you know, like lots of times I'm like that sounds a lot like Dana Carvey doing that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And, and then that does happen. By the way, completely off topic for a split second, Rico. Is it me or does he look like Steve Amell right there in that shot? A little bit. What? Is it just me? I I get green arrow. A,
3: that's a good. I get yeah. green arrow every once, every once in a while. I get. That's green a arrow.
1: good thing. Um,
3: Eddie, this
2: is something <laughs> we. Don't... I just I have a family friend who got married. I was at yeah. his wedding, and he looks just like Stephen Amell. Like it's crazy. You yeah, it's like it's so weird. Like we just are we trying to get Stephen Amell on the fucking show? We just get nab him.
1: Well, we're not gonna get Mark Hamill, so we might as well shoot for Stephen Amell. Um. Don't but, hold your fucking
2: tongue, man. We got we got Eddie Pence. We could maybe get Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Eddie, this is something we we do tend to ask our guests sometimes. And, and, and there's no right or wrong to this at all. But do you have any questions for us? Because we we like interviewing, but we do like getting the other side of that sometimes. So, well, how, how long have you guys been doing this show? We are, are at, to, this will be episode 66, but we've been doing it now for, let's see, what month is this? September, so...
2: A year and a half.
1: Yeah, a year and seven months, actually, to be specific. And you're in Philly. Rico, where are you at? I'm in Oakland. Oh, you're in Oakland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny, because he and I have never met.
6: Never. How'd was, you
1: guys, yeah, how'd you guys meet? So, the world of Kevin Smith, have you heard of this fan page on Facebook? Yeah, I put a post out there saying I had a podcast previous this that is now long defunct and I missed doing it. I I wanted to do it again. And so I put a post out on that site and on my regular Facebook that just said, hey, I'm looking to do another show. I need a co-host because I'm not like, are you familiar with Ben Glebe? Do you know him?
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know Ben Glebe. I've known him forever. Yeah.
1: Okay, I think it's hysterical. And he's one of the few people I know that could probably do a solo podcast. Him and and, and, and Greg Proops, who's another guy I'm a huge fan of. Um, But I can't because I'm not that funny. And we actually proved that on another episode that I'll tell you about in a minute. But (laughs) no, because we were we were a guest on another show that I was basically silent on. But it was like an eight person show. So me being silent didn't hurt anything. And then Rico jumped in and kind of bulldozed his way through in the positive way, but it allowed me nice. to start being me again. And I, I learned more from that 20 minutes that we were on that show about our dynamic than anything we've done up to and since. Um, but to getting back to your question, I put the post out there and several people hit me up. And then Rico hit me up as well. The one thing that was different is like everyone hit me up with like pitches and ideas and we should do this and this is what we should talk about and this and the third. Rico was doing a YouTube channel called Rico's Rants and he sent me a link and said, here's my Rico's Rants. Hit me up if you're interested. And that was it. It was the only thing he said. And I watched like three of them and I was like, yeah, this is the guy I want to talk to. And we nice. connected. Uh, incidentally,
2: I got my girlfriend almost basically the same fucking way. Yes, just he did. Like, like, hit her up on, on a <laughs> <set. laughs>
3: Well, at least you got your move.
2: Yeah, man. It's just, just, <laughs> just don't try. That's really the best thing. But, uh, here, actually, I want, I want to show you this. So if you could see, it's kind of, kind of coming a oh, little bit. Oh, that's shitty. the, that's, the guy. That's the other guy who looks like Stephen Amel that I was talking about.
1: Oh, yeah. We can we can <laughs> send it to you, Eddie if you want because you can send it to him. You realize that, right?
2: I could I could just text the oh. fucking because because how weird is that that I have Eddie Pence's number? That's so fucking important. Well,
1: so Eddie, for for what it's worth, and, and and we'd love to share this story with you, but if you want us to cut out of the episode, I will. But Rico said he hit you up, and then like within a day, he, you were like, "Here's my number," and gave it to him. Oh and yeah,
3: that's, I, he texted me at uh. Or you hit me up, a, what was it, Comic-Con? It was, okay. you were at Comic-Con. Comic-Con.
2: See, we were tweeting each other in public, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to ask you for your Skype or something on public, but I don't want to presume anything, so I'm like, how the fuck am I going to, because you hadn't liked me back, so we couldn't DM each
3: other, which sounds uh, fucking I, different. I always, I always forget that I haven't liked somebody back. <laughs> I always forget <laughs> to follow people back on Twitter. <laughs> but I didn't want to, Yeah, you can't that's my
2: point is i you know we didn't we still barely know each other i i mean i'm glad that we're you know shooting the shit but then i had to like think how what is there a way for me to get this guy a private message without coming off super stalker-ish so i found you on facebook and just like i said i hope this is this motherfucker's profile let's (laughs) see and then like I was like, hey, is this better? Is this more private? You're like, oh, well, here we could do this. But here's my fucking number. I'm like, ah, shit. Oh, OK. And that was it, way easier than I thought it was going to
4: be. And
1: the point to that is that's very similar to how it went with Rico and I. So like he said, the message we started was on Facebook Messenger. He sends me the link. I res- watch it and then I respond. And I said, hey, we should, commute, we should talk some more about getting the show together. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm getting off Facebook. Here's my number." And it was like, "Oh, all right, well, fine then." You know, like he didn't know me from a hole (laughs) in the ground. I could have been a fucking serial killer for all he knew, you know. But you still could be a serial killer, CJ. Yeah, I know. We all three could
3: be serial killers.
1: Why do you think I hate
3: serial killer? I don't. I'm. I'm, That's what a serial
1: killer would say. Why do you think I hate Dexter so much? Um. Anyway.
2: (laughs) If anything, my girlfriend's a serial killer. I-, I assure you. If I ever died, it was her. I promise. <laughs> 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 um, we'll be watching a horror film, and she'd be like, "That's not how I would do it."
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> heard ooh, her do that. That's, that's not yeah, good.
2: No, 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 she's great because she's just like taking notes, being like, "You fuckers never wear gloves when you're committing the crime. Why aren't you wearing gloves?" And I'm like, "Why are you freaking out about how they're not wearing gloves? Because <laughs> evidence." Like, I, you think I'm joking. She's right there laughing
1: her fucking ass off.
4: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though,
1: Eddie, like, do you like the Marvel movies real quick? Do you oh, like yeah. right. them. She them. hates <laughs> Black Panther because why would the Wakandans not share that knowledge for all these centuries or whatever?
3: Because they see how people get raided and taken over and everybody coming to take their stuff. Yeah, that's not 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 how cheap nothing, they, like, they they had like a utopia there. They didn't want people coming in. Exactly.
2: Okay, so not for fucking nothing. Like it's one thing if I rag on my girlfriend. When you guys do it, it's like
3: uh, uh,
1: oh, <laughs> I, I'm close enough with Steph that I can do it. Um. Anyway, yeah. Do you have any other questions for us? You know, uh, I can just brag about the Eagles for twenty minutes if you want. Lovely, I mean, I'd
3: rather not do that. <laughs> not about the Eagles.
1: <laughs> uh. Eagles need to get their, their, wings, their wings clipped. Right. What's that? He said eagles he, need to get their wings clipped. They um, really do. Yeah. So anyway, you <laughs> were about to ask something that's certainly more important than that. No, I know you guys
3: You guys named the the podcast Pod Askew, so I guess you're both humongous Kevin Smith fans, right? Oh, like, yeah. That's, totally. What's your we're favorite we... Kevin Smith movie?
2: We're just sort of waiting for him to sue us when he yeah. like actually gives shit. Like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, Um, CJ, you want to answer this one? Yeah, I will. Well, before I answer, just to get to your other point, we we figure we're getting closer to Kevin with every interview we get to do because we've talked to Marilyn Gigliotti and Scott Schiaffo as well. Um, so it's only a matter of time before he sees the name of the show and sues the crap out of us. So we're just, yeah.
6: Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer.
0: All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs? Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me fifty.
6: But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local Geico agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds.
0: Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads.
6: For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit Geico.com slash local today.
1: Taking taking it while we can. Um, I think I can answer for both of us because I think we no, that's not true. I was gonna say we had the same favorite movie, but we don't. Um, my favorite's Chasing Amy, actually. That's probably my, my favorite. Yeah, I think
3: that I think I think that's his best one, like best film.
1: Agreed. Well no, film, his best film, as much as I love chasing Amy is probably Red State. It's probably his best. Yeah. Film. Oh
3: yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I guess that would be. Yeah, I always forget that's a Kevin
1: Smith. Movie well, yeah, because it's so far laughs yeah. compared. It, it
2: comes off like Kevin Smith doing Tarantino, in ironically, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, see, we have we have our logo. Yes, yeah, and yeah. like I'm always getting people are always saying, "So you got Kevin Smith in a fedora on 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 the logo?" I'm like,
4: "No, that's
2: me." like, it's like Kevin Smith and John Belushi mixed together. I'm like, I guess that's what I am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our logo was once described as John Belushi and Han Solo. So I don't know. It's
3: It's not
2: bad. A a likable asshole and a fat likable asshole.
1: Yeah. There you go. So.
2: According to Eddie Pence, Han Solo is a likable asshole. So that's. Exactly.
1: Very true. Everybody loves him. But uh, what's yours, Ed? My favorite.
3: uh, I, I think chase name is the one that i really when i saw it in the theaters i was like this is probably his best it, it felt to me like his best most marketable film like mainstream movie like people could relate to
1: i feel like dogma is um, closer to that honestly dogma
3: i love dogma like dogma so do is like my my favorite one of his to watch is dogma um i don't know if it's his best one just because it, but I, it's my favorite of his to watch well it's up it's it, the writing dialogue is just so
2: up there. It's it's a very smart fucking movie. I mean, he yeah. will always say that he's not a smart guy, but if you just listen to his dialogue, it is really, really witty and really sharp. Yeah. I mean, one of my all-time favorite parts of Chasing Amy, and we've we've talked about this on the show nauseum, but um, the heterophobia scene, essentially, where Alyssa reveals to her lesbian friends that she's dating a man and this look of de- of despair and and dejection of like oh my god a lesbian like another one bites the dust and i'm like you never see that shit in movies because there's always this misconception that lesbians and, and homosexuals are forgiving and open-minded and and they could right. just be they could
3: be just as narrow-minded as straight people right exactly so i
2: i thought that was a brilliant uh
3: part in the film no, yeah, I yeah, I agree. It's I love that movie. I I like I I, I love watching Dogma, but I think there's something about Chase Nami that can it, some people can relate to that one. Yeah, easily more than Had the you, other films.
1: Have you seen reboot? Have you been fortunate enough to see that?
3: I haven't. I haven't seen really any. I Ralph hasn't even told me that much about it.
1: Okay, I was just curious because I know
2: you're. I would you're, imagine Ralph would talk a lot about it.
1: Well,
3: there's probably yeah, an he hasn't mentioned Yeah, he's. A, yeah, he isn't, I mean, he was only there for a few days himself, so I don't know how much of the script he even saw outside of his scene.
1: Right, right. I, I, it's funny because Kevin says he's like the main villain, but he's not. It's a weird dynamic, so we'll be curious to see, you know, what that's like. But I, I know you're close to that circle, not just because of Ralph, but it sounds like, I, are you close with Kev? I mean, not, trying to get anything out of it. I've, I've, met, him, I've met him a handful
3: of times, um, you know, either like usually before a Babylon show or something, and I'll okay. be in the back and I'll talk to him or, you know, after I sell a bunch of t-shirts after a Babylon sure. show, sure. I'll go hand them the money that I just, but uh, I don't know. Him that, I see him. I live really close to him. Probably live, I live closer to him than I live to Ralph. So I see him, you know, a couple times a month hiking Runyon Canyon, which he's always posting from.
1: Right. Um, him and Shecky.
3: But, <laughs> Yeah, I'll see him driving by, and I—he's almost run me over a couple of times because li- we live on this road called uh, Outpost. Yeah. and He lives off of the, uh, up in the Hollywood Hills, and the main road that connects us is called this Outpost Road or whatever. And I'll be driving on, it and he's notorious for like flying through the Hollywood Hills.
1: Yeah, I've heard that. And I'll
3: be, dr- and I've been driving all of a sudden, this black SUV is like on my ass, and I look behind him, all I see is the white backwards hat. And I'm like, Fucking Kevin, <laughs> he's gonna run me off the road. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then he'll just, then he'll just go around you and then go home. And like, but like, I don't, I wouldn't consider, you know, he probably doesn't know me from a hole in the ground. He's, he's he might recognize me. I've seen, him. I've talked to him a few times, but yeah, we're not close.
2: He probably thinks you're Stephen Amell. It's like, oh yeah, I know the guy yeah, from Arrow. That's right.
1: Ralph,
3: yeah, you and Ralph and Arrow are hanging out.
1: Would mm. you, would you ever do a movie? <laughs> like, is that something you, that interests you at all? Like acting, even if it's like a comedy? Oh yeah, movie? yeah,
3: I would yeah. love to. I mean, that's. The goal to be the act, you know, be an actor in the new comedy for fun. I mean, because that, that's you make so much money, you don't have to travel,
4: <laughs> yeah, much, and
3: that, that's kind of what you want to do. Right? So, I I, I, only, I I mean, I audition and stuff, I commercials and TV and stuff like that, but you, you gotcha.
1: I only ask because I've heard some comedians who have been interviewed, and 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 they've some of them have said no, they prefer the road and doing the stand up and being in front of those crowds and that, that, that um, high you get, you know, from, so I was just wondering where you stood. No, in there, that. Is,
3: there is nothing like that high that being on stage and talking. I don't enjoy going on the road cause I hate traveling and being away from my family. Sure. Um, so I don't particularly love going on the road. I do go on the road when I have to, but uh, I would much rather make money being an actor if possible. Because I could always do comedy. You can always do comedy. You can just get up on stage and go do it. But like, you can book serious good acting work that yeah. pays the bills.
2: Yeah. Now, I I do have a question, and it, it may be bordering on on personal, but you, i and you can tell me fuck off if, if you want. Um, you have a kid, right? Yeah. What is your What does your kid think you do? Is your kid like young? I would imagine it's like a young young kid.
3: He's ten now. Um, I've taken just, him on the road I'm, with me before. He's been in the back of comedy clubs. He's watched me do stand up.
2: Okay, so he's just—I
3: would just
2: imagine like when it kind of clicks for him, where he's just like, "Well, why would my dad be on? Why is my dad on stage?" I don't think he's funny. Like I've heard of
3: comedians. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he actually does think I'm funny, which is weird. Um, that's (laughs) very strange. But like the first time I took him on the road with me, probably about five, four or five years ago. First time he was in a comedy club. We were in Tucson. And my wife, and I don't care about, like, I've never sheltered him from, like, words or anything like that. Like, he's known, you know, the F word and all that shit. Like, that doesn't, I've never cared about words. He just, he knows he can't do it in school because he'll get in trouble and that's out of my hands. But in the house, I don't right. care what he says. Um, and he doesn't use them because I took the power away. You take the power away, they don't care anymore. True. Totally. Um, yeah. So well, that's, that's the way it is it with it him. But me. <laughs>
2: that that did not work on me my dad said you can say fuck as much as you want at home you can't do it at school and i just kept saying fuck repeatedly you abused it don't abuse it i mean i I was like six and then i've i use it um all right i still i still abuse that's why i I use other words i say shit bitch all that shit
1: I will tell you real quick, Eddie, because I didn't even get to share this with Rico yet. We've been asked to be on something where we're going to have to be clean. And I've been hesitant to say yes, because I'm unsure if Rico's capable. Oh, I'm doing... capable. It's <laughs> <have> easier <laughs> than you think. I no, have I nephews.
4: Know. I'm
2: not saying, oh, look at you little fucktards. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, one time they did, like, one time one of my nephews fell and screamed and cried and you know you can you have to be like oh it's okay like you're gonna be okay it's just a little bump here's a tissue here's you know would you like a hug all that shit yeah and he just i tried it for 20 30 minutes and i was like fucking dude it's just you barely but you fucking bumped it like you get girl it's okay <laughs> so he looked Did at work? me like Did that work It stopped him crying because he looked at me and said you said the that you said that word and i said well you i I tried everything else. It's like, Well, you're being a little bitch. Yeah. And I was like oh, Um Well, no.
1: Eddie, I know we're getting close to your time here, but so one thing I wanted to say is that even though we can't agree on sports teams, which is fine, <laughs> I know that we can we can agree that we both hate the Doors because that's another thing I heard you talk about on the oh, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I
3: just think they're overrated. I don't
1: hate them; they're just I overrated. Ag- no, but I agree that you're right. Hate's the wrong word, but I agree they're completely overrated. Just the Doors oh, band. The Doors, the band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fuck this. What's that? All right, fuck you guys. <laughs> He's out. He's out. Well, you're talking about a guy who only <laughs> listens to Sinatra. Rate.
3: So,
2: yeah. So I listen to Sinatra, and I and I like The Doors. You, so if you guys talk to him about Sinatra, I'm out. Sorry. Well,
1: oh no, I love Sinatra. There you go. Very good. So, well, Eddie, listen, Rob. man. I know. I know you're gonna go talk for a couple of hours. So I want to give you a chance to <laughs> rest your throat a little bit before you go do that. I appreciate but, um, that. No, no worries. Hey, listen, man, we we really, truly do appreciate you coming on. We've been having a lot of fun and busting balls and stuff, yeah. but we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, Anytime, us, man. Anytime. Keep us up to date on the um, unspecial and what's happening, and we'll be sure to promote the crap out of it to our five For listeners. Sure. You know. Um, <laughs> six now. Six now, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs>
3: That's assuming exactly, you're going to go
1: back and listen on a regular basis. That's you know, you know, we're we're not well, counting I, on that.
2: I, on a serious level, I actually do. Was curious, like which one did you listen to a little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, what the what was it? Um, hold on, it was I I listened to it. It was right after you hit me up at Comic Con. And okay. I, I went and uh, listened. I'm trying to think which one it was.
1: Was it a, the one that was like recent at that time?
3: No, it was an older one. Because okay. I always like to go back and get the older. Uh, our horse. Which one? Star Wars. Star Wars? What was That's that we always talk about on that one?
1: Star Wars. Star Wars. That's our first one. No, I didn't listen. Fuck.
3: I can't We're remember. Much. No, it was funny. That's why I was like, I was looking forward to doing the show because I love that you guys banter with each other. It's Thank you. Killing me. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Uh, fuck. I can't remember. It It must have been a really memorable fucking episode. <laughs>
3: well, no, I, did, I, mean, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I just, I was like, I listened. To, you hit me up. I'm like, oh, let me check out the podcast, and then I did it. And I was like, oh, these guys are funny. I'll I'll do this. Oh?
2: Well. Oh, yeah. so that
3: there was pressure, dude. Like we right? had to, had, we had to go through a screening.
1: Well, no, find- no, I wasn't screening. Screen. <laughs> I
3: was just like, oh, these guys are funny. This will be fun to do. Let me. Uh, yeah. Let no, up.
1: we're just oh. messing with you. God. Listen, that's oh, fine, Daddy. You I, no I, I worries. Remember what it was. We believe you. I'll text, I'll text
3: you, you when I'm done. Which one? Okay. I, was? I don't. Like, Sounds I like a plan. Of-
2: <laughs> What we have also done, which you may not know, is we've also done commentaries similar to Kevin. Kevin did this at one point where where he watched Batman and just yeah. did a D- commentary of the movie. So we took inspiration. So we've done four separate commentaries where we we tell the audience, all right, start your movie now. Make sure it's muted. Turn on your subtitles. Oh, like a red tracks. Yeah. Is that exactly. what? It's,
1: what
2: it's, like. it's like Mystery Science 3000, but yeah. less funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, substantially less funny. Um, well, I don't know the the newer one. Eh. Anyway, that's what, another story. Critiquing Batman? No, the newer Mystery Science. Oh, okay. I didn't see. It. I didn't watch those. Yeah, I didn't either. Jonas, yeah, I just, I okay. There's no more fucking mystery
2: for that goddamn thing. <laughs> so, All right, Eddie, no. we're gonna let you go so you can you can kick back. All right.
1: Yeah. Listen. Um. Thanks again for coming on. Um Yeah, man, anytime. I don't just mean me anything up. beyond just the words I'm about to say, but tell Ralph we said hi cuz we are both huge fans. We'd appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, if if he doesn't feel like talking to us, that would be great. But if he does, that'd be awesome too. So Okay. Yeah. Funny but, thing
2: is that I've also have written to Ralph because I saw a Babylon yeah. show. And I tried riding a Ralph I I tried every very like I on Twitter and, and everything. And uh I even sat in the front row, I was directly in front of them. Motherfucker never looked down, piece of shit.
1: Now <laughs> don't say that. That's not right. It's just his friend. I will say very quickly, Eddie, because you'll you'll appreciate this. He did also get to talk to Kevin during a Q and A, and Kevin in the nicest way possible told him to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, basically. In the nicest well, way possible. I, because I kind of trashed
2: his movie. I I brought Yoga the hoses. only D e I have of a Kevin Smith nearby. All my other stuff was in storage. So I brought a copy of Yoga Hosers with me for him to sign. Yeah. And I said, Okay, well I work I work at a video store. That's that's the funny setup. Is there's one last video rental store in the Bay Area, if not most of the world, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I have to work there. So I had a copy of yoga hosers because we, I, we had a copy and I bought it and I told him, I said, I think I'm the only person who's ever bought yoga hoses. And he said, well, all right. I have the, uh, you have the, you have the second copy. I had the first copy. He's like, what's your question? I'm like, well, will you sign it? And that was my question because how many fucking opportunities am I going to ask Kevin to do it? And luckily, uh, Kevin and Ralph both signed it because this was at a Q and A leading up to a Babylon. So I was surprised. I was looking. I'm like, that doesn't look like Kevin's signature. Oh, shit. It's Garmin. Fuck. <laughs> um, <So, laughs> so Thanks uh, thank all for me for signing and making my least favorite Kevin Smith film really valuable to me. So,
1: and actually, I, I will tease one last thing while we still have you, Eddie, and then we'll let you go because he talked about the last yeah. video store. Um, we're going to continue the conversation after we let you go because RST is being reopened. The RST video from Clerks is being reopened as it was. Oh, really? Yep. The guy just bought it. And he's opening it and restoring it to the way it was, as it was in Clerks.
3: How are they going to keep it open?
1: (laughs) I have no idea. I'm hoping to get the guy on to interview about it, but I'm actually going to be up there right around the time at the grand opening. So I will hope to see it and maybe get the guy on the air for five minutes if I can. That's funny. Yeah, but we'll we're gonna get into the details on that. But listen, Eddie, again, thank you so much. I know we've said it like three times now, but we're actually going to let you go now. Um, <laughs> but thanks for for coming on, Absolutely, spending yes. the time anytime. with us. Just um, hit me up. Let me anytime. Yeah, All right, and well, same, and. and, and that goes both ways. If you have something you want to even if you can't do a full episode, if you want to jump on for five minutes and talk about something you're working on or okay. promote something, consider us a platform anytime you need it. I know you've got the rap sure. report with a whole mud bigger no. audience, yeah. but still, consider us a no. platform if you need it. That's, thank you. I
3: appreciate it. I might do that. If I get this special put anywhere, I'll probably ask you guys for some time.
1: Absolutely. You've got it. I
2: think, I think you should give us a special. We'll air it and people
3: have to... <laughs> <laughs> you'll get tens of views. Yeah. <laughs> or,
1: or at least audio listeners, yeah. We'll put it out on our... We have a YouTube channel. We'll put it out on our YouTube channel. There you
2: go. That'll be yeah. the most obscure way. Like, you want to see the Eddie Pence... Pins- <laughs> right? Fucking go up with these other guys have nothing to do with him and that are trying to piggyback off of his fucking fame while he's trying to make his own fucking fame. <laughs>
1: At least it'll, it'll double It'd be our brilliant, viewer.
3: it a brilliant business decision, I
1: think. Yeah, you do what you gotta do. <laughs> thanks, My man. My you... hurts from being such a whore. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> um. Thanks, Eddie. You take care of yourself, man. You guys, too. Real... We'll thanks to thanks you for soon. having me on. Yep, anytime, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. See right Bye. All right, man. Well, that was Eddie Pence. Yeah, but that, was, that was Eddie fucking Pence. Well, man, that went really well. Like, that was a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, it was, you know, the f- very, the
2: first reaction I had when we heard his voice, I was like, he sounds like Matty Granger. Uh,
1: Granger's a little more gravelly, in the best way I can mean that. Like, he just, his voice is a little bit gravelly-er, But I,
2: But that was my first, I was like, wow, he kind of looks like Stephen Amell, but he sounds like our buddy Matty.
1: Well, see, I didn't get that as much because, and it seems like, and it came out through the interview a little bit, I listened to a lot more of the Ralph Report than I think you have.
2: Yeah, it's true.
1: You know, so I've heard him talking to... Because to your point that we don't know him very well before today, I wanted to try to get a feel for what he does. So I listened to a bunch of Ralph Report episodes, you know, and even though Ralph is the star, and, and Eddie will be the first to tell you that. Like, that's not me taking a shot at Eddie, you know. He did say that. He did say that, right. So it... It still allowed me to hear more of his stuff, and now I even made it a point to listen to that one live show I referenced to see what the difference would be like. And I was right; there was a difference. But anyway, um, it went well, but it it was it was a little nerve wracking for me because it was right up there with Matty Granger. To your point of like, we don't know a lot about. You know, before we met Maddie and talked to him, we didn't know a whole lot. I mean, we could read his IMDb, but that didn't, you know, doesn't tell the whole story.
2: You know, I know. the first episode with Maddie was like, "So you worked on X Men? What was that about?" And he, and he talked for thirty minutes about X Men, which was and we were
1: and thank we were you, just Maddie sitting
2: there <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would say I would say the first time I was initially nervous with a guest was Marilyn. Because Marilyn really? Gigliotti was, even though we knew her, we, we could talk about Clerks forever, I was initially nervous because I'm like, I saw Clerks when I was 12, 13 years old. Right. You know, I know. Her, and that was why, if you remember way back, before we even started recording, I'm like, oh my God, you sound like you. It's so weird
1: to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I think you said it on the recording. I think you did say it on the show. Um, no, I
2: I'm pretty sure I said it right before we started. I was like, oh, my God, I just got to say this is so weird for me. Well, also, because we didn't see Marilyn's face. it was, it was was She was just audio. We didn't see. For our listeners, we do have the camera on of the guest usually so we can, if there's a fuck up, if there's a lag, we can kind of wave at them and say, shut the fuck up. Let's stop. <laughs>
1: or just so we try not to talk over each other so much because it is easier to avoid that when you can see if someone's trying to talk, you know
2: amazingly there was like no issues with gig with gigliati like we, we there was no there was no issues of lag. there was no spottiness it, it worked out amazingly and and i will reiterate that eddie pence i'm i'm glad that i you, you know me man i'm i'm it is a badge of honor when i can make someone laugh i mean i know i'm funny but humor is subjective yes so like my sense of humor may not be Eddie Pence's sense of humor, as compared to Marilyn Gigliotti's sense sure. of humor, um,
1: and you made them so, both laugh.
2: Well, what what I w- almost brought up on the show, and I sort of started segueing into it, was um, we Eddie and I exchanged numbers. That's how we that's how we got here, and we got to this point where I talked to him about one of his routines that he did, where he was talking about where where he um, where he was talking about bears and like what is it about he always using bears as mascots like why is you know what what's up with having a polar bear to to sell coca-cola and then so i saw that i thought that was fucking funny and i said yeah dude i just saw your bit about polar bears and coca-cola and what is what what is up with Charmin advertising bears always taking shits and like they love that toilet paper and i said what the fuck is it with bears an advertisement, and then and then I I sent a screenshot of that because he's like, oh man, that, that's funny. I sent that to Stephanie. I'm like, dude, I made Eddie Pence laugh. And then she said, you do realize that your DeGiorgio family crest has a bear in it, right? Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. And I completely fucking forgot. I had forgotten. I, I, never seen it, but this is what my dad told me. He said it's a bear standing up, leaning against a tree. And so, and then once I realized that, how stupid I was. I said that to Eddie, and I'm like, I now realize that the Georgia family crest has a bear in it. He said, that's fucking funny.
1: Ironically (laughs) enough, you've also said you would be a bear if you were gay. So look at that. It ties all together. Yeah, I Um, I think
2: I changed it to, I'm a teddy bear.
1: Eventually, but yes, you started off saying you were a bear. True, But to, to your point about bringing up Marilyn, there's something going on in the clerk's world right now that I did allude to when we were talking to Eddie RST is legitimately being reopened.
2: And you you had said that they're going way back to VHSs? Is that what you said?
1: That's my understanding of it, yeah. Now, maybe I'm miss, missing something, but I think he is trying to do VHS.
2: I mean, that alone, I mean, I think he's, if that's his demographic, I'm just going to do VHSs. Whoever is buying it is going to wise it up and be like, okay, I've got to also include DVDs and Blu-rays. That's just, as a business standpoint, if I was taking over the video store that I currently work at, I would not revert to just VHSs or Laserdiscs. I would stick with DVDs and Blu-rays and have VHSs as an option
1: as well. You know? Well, see... it also I'm... A ton of room. I'm going to I'm going to give him some love because apparently he's a Potuscue fan. Um <laughs> from what from what Henry was telling me if I am unless I misunderstood him he is a Potuscue fan. Um his Twitter and Instagram handle is OGVHS. So I think <laughs> I love Yeah, I oh I know you love it. I'm sure you would. So I, I do think that the VHS is going to play a role in this, you know, whether it's the only format or not. I'm not sure. I just sent a message to Henry asking if he can confirm for us, but he may not, you know, with the time difference, he may not be able to answer. Um, speaking of Henry, British by the way, up. what's that? Wake that British bitch up. It was speaking of Henry, by the way, he did send me a message, by the way. So I'm going to announce something else that I don't think we've talked about on the show yet. Or if we have, I think it was in passing. Henry's coming to the United States. He's going to be here in late October, early November, and we're going to meet up at the stash, actually, and quick stop. Because I've never been, that's, believe it or not. That's
2: What's that? That's awesome. So he's, oh. he's Brexiting, and, and he's coming to the States.
1: He is. So we're going to meet up, and apparently I'm going to get a tour of this the RST, even if it's not open to the public yet. The, the guy's goal is to have it open by that trip. But even if it's not, apparently, he's going to meet us there and let us come in toward the store. So that'd be pretty badass. Um,
2: you got to bring a sticker, right?
1: I if I, have, I think I have one left, so I will do my best. You've got to bring
2: the sticker and, and give it to that guy so he can slap it on you know, outside yeah. the window. So for the on next the couple window. stoners that emulate Jin on Bob, they're leading up against the fucking pot askew.
1: And then yeah. they're
2: gonna think, oh, askew, this is
1: must be for Kevin. And we're like, ha, ha ha, no, we're stealing your fans. Ha ha ha. And then we get sued. Um But that said, I I've been asked to do a very quick PSA. So I need to do that very quickly. Um for uh, for Henry's grandmother, I am not a psychopath nor a serial killer. So you have no fear letting your grandson hang out with some guy from the States that he's never met before. So I was asked to say that. <laughs>
2: wait, 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 wait. I, the missing chunk of this is that apparently henry's grandmother listens to the show is that, no. is that the implication
1: no the the missing chunk of the story is that he was telling his grandmother that he's coming to the states with his because his whole family's coming not entire family but i think it's his mom and his dad and and whoever else and right. while he's on the trip they're all staying in new york because that's where they're going is new york city right and then He's staying like while he's here in New York City, but he's making a trip down to the stash and all that, and that's when I'm gonna hang out with him. So he was apparently telling his grandmother about all that, and her first reaction was, "You don't know this guy. How do you know he's not like a psychopath or a serial killer?" So
2: well, I think we also just talked about this on the air. We did. I don't even, we I don't even know if you're a fucking psychopath, but I would probably if you were a psychopath or serial killer, I'm pretty sure I could run away from you.
1: Unless this is all a ruse to draw you in so that I can kill you.
2: Well, I will admit, I feel kind of bad that a motherfucker from England is visiting you over me. What? Like, that I'm, that I can't even make the trip to go to fucking Philly or Jersey or some shit. Whereas, like, this dude's fucking, like, taking a goddamn plane across the goddamn pond. He's... I mean, he's doing other shit as well, but, like, I, I I really need to start saving up just to try and fucking, you know, meet my partner.
1: Cross the pond, man. That's what he's doing. So, (laughs) speaking of serial killers and psychopaths, I do want to talk a little more about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I didn't really get too much of my side in on that. And that's just because we were all trying to talk. And and that's not anything except that it's just hard when you got that many people, you know, especially talking about a movie. So, I, um... I liked it. I did like it, and as I did say when we were talking to Eddie, like for me, it's like probably third. But honestly, I forgot about *Inglorious Bastards*, so I might have it a step lower. Not that well, He brought that uh, up. Can we? Can
2: I say out loud the Tarantino films? Because he, in really, in retrospect, he is—he's only directed nine films officially. Right. Because he—he—he he thinks of *Kill Bill* Volume One and Two as one long movie.
1: As do I. So I So Yeah. Let me let me try and
2: give you them so you can rank once upon a time in Hollywood properly. Sure. So Reservoir Dogs.
1: Well you to... Oh, you're just giving me the list. Okay.
2: Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Volume One and Volume Two, but we'll just call it Kill Bill just for right. the sake of it. Yep. Um Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm pretty sure that's it. If if I'm, um, I mean, he directed a scene in. Oh no, Death Proof! I forgot about Death Proof.
1: Is Death Proof his? Yeah. Okay. Death Proof
2: is definitely his. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's part of a grindhouse dual feature, but that's that that's his directive. He also directed a scene in Sin City. He wrote True Romance, so I would kind of argue it's a Tarantino film because that's personally one of my all-time favorite Tarantino films.
1: Um, yeah, I, I have to disagree with you. I wouldn't call that a Tarantino film because he didn't direct it. I get the point you're making, and we've had this discussion before, so we don't need to, like, deep dive that again. But, you know.
2: I, I mean, I, I just was so... I, I think I expected too much of Quentin for, uh for watchpoint okay. time. Of- so,
1: directed movies. Here we are. Cuz I just pulled up the IMDb. Not that I don't trust your list, but this is IMDb directed movies.
2: Let's see how let's see how close I got it.
1: Rose of Our Dogs,
2: mm-hmm. Pulp
1: Fiction, mm-hmm. um, actually no, back up, there's a movie here called My Best Friend's Birthday.
2: That the- was a that was a movie that he was trying to make and then it it was sort of a basis for true romance, okay. but it, it got destroyed in a fire, so he couldn't really do it.
1: Well, it's listed here as a credit from 1987, so I, I, I'm i not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you that that's here. You know?
2: he, he doesn't really consider it a, a movie that he did, because that's, he didn't finish it.
1: Right, and that's fine. So, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill... Um, Sin City is listed, but it does say Special Guest Director. Right. And then Grindhouse, and then it says specifically Segment Death Proof. And then mm-hmm. Death Proof is also listed, so I'm not sure, you know. We'll just
2: call it Death Proof. Okay. It's, it's not right. Grindhouse and then Death Proof. It's, it's Death
1: Proof. I'm just telling you how it's written here. The um, sure. Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair. I don't know what that is. Is that a short? Bel-
2: it, it may just be the whole thing spliced together.
1: Oh, okay. That would make sense. I kind of want to see that now, because I wonder if it's any different, like, if the edit's different, you know?
2: I I would watch that. I would totally watch that. I've never seen that, like...
1: It's four out hours and seven minutes. I'm going to look for it when we're done. But, um, give me get back to this real quick because I changed screens. Shit. Um, I'm going to go. Another fucking horror bag. All right. Um, okay. Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then just to be as fair as we can, it is listed here as the Untitled Star Trek Project but it's only in an announced status, so I don't know if we count that yet. I
2: I don't know if that's going to happen. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's too unconventional. I don't know how the Star Trek fans are going to react to that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Do you have something to write with real quick or something you can keep track of this on?
2: I could type something. Okay, that's fine.
1: Yeah, no, because you wanted me to rank these in my favorites, right? That's what you wanted me to do? Yeah. All right. Um, so Pulp Fiction for number one for me, without question. Okay. And then I gotta go Kill Bill. We're just gonna say Kill Bill, don't worry about volume one, volume two, or the whole bloody affair, because we don't know what that really is. um I, hear you. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, probably, but then Inglorious Bastards, I think it's I have to see glorious Bastards* again, honestly. I've seen it once, and I did really enjoy it, but I need to see it again to put it in the pantheon for me. You know what? I'm not even sure if I can do this, Rico, because I've only seen Reservoir Dogs once.
2: Really? Yeah, oh, I've, seen I have,
1: I've seen it, but I've only seen it once. And it was only because I was told, if you like Pulp Fiction, you'll love this. And I do remember not loving this. I didn't hate it but i didn't love it the way i was told i was going to do you know what i mean okay. so um but if we're going to stick with it i'll do glorious bastards um i don't after count once upon the- after once upon a time yeah i don't count death proof or grindhouse in my eyes as Tarantino movies well,
2: you have to. He directed it. So, what's included? If you want to make it your last, that's fine with me. I think it's going to have be to be
1: last. It's going to be almost last by default because I don't really count it. Um, but if going past that, I would go um, Reservoir Dogs, probably. Mm-hmm. So, after Inglour- after Inglorious Bastards, it would be. Reservoir. That. R- then Jackie Brown. Then Hateful Eight, then Django Unchained, and I would round it off.
2: You liked Hateful Eight more than uh, Django?
1: I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for me, though, it's it- like 1-1-A. One, one not in terms of number one, but just like they're, they're almost the same fucking movie. You know, in style. Yeah. In style.
2: Well, all right. Well, I could tell you mine. Um... I would, I would uh, actually list Reservoir Dogs more or less as number one, as far as I'm concerned,
1: and most people because, would
2: because you see it. the The well, my favorite part of it is that it's a jewel heist movie, and you never see the heist. That is,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: a really fascinating take on that story. I think the cast is dynamic, with the exception of maybe Tarantino himself, um, and not to say Pulp Fiction's cast is not dynamic. I personally, I mean, I rewatch Pulp Fiction. I do not understand how Samuel L. Jackson did not win Best Oscar, personally.
1: I, I think that there's a, without getting into a huge thing, I think there's a stigma with Tarantino. Like, a lot of people are saying that this Once Upon a Time Hollywood will be his way of finally breaking through the Oscar, whatever, that they've been holding against him. Do you know what I mean? And may well, finally get him something in that, of a gold statue.
2: Well, he has... he I mean, Christoph Waltz, his only nominees and wins were from Tarantino films.
1: Right, but that's Waltz, not Tarantino himself. I get but what you're... I think Tarantino
2: won Best Original Screenplay Did he? for Django.
1: He might have. Hold on. I'm not saying he didn't. Alright, so... I would be Reservoir
2: Dogs, it'd be Pulp Fiction. Um I and then it would be uh I would actually put Jackie Brown. I, I think Jackie Brown is super underrated. Um
1: it's good, it just didn't mm, for me.
2: Um I and then it would be in Glorious Bastards. I think Glorious Bastards is the motherfucker made me question milk. You know what I mean? Like he made that yeah. whole opening scene look insane.
1: I need to and see it I'm again. Even... I do. What? I need to see it again.
2: It's it's good. It's it's but well, you kind of can go into it being like this is I think there's more of a fascination of being like, I want to see Nazis getting fucking scalped. You know what I mean? Right. I want to see Eli Roth with a baseball bat fucking up a dude. Um I mean Michael Fassbender is fucking in it. Like I, yeah, I mean, it has such an electric, uh, electrifying cast. Whereas, for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had some big hitters, but it didn't, it didn't really hit it for me. Um, and again, I think I need to see it again. I think I need to let let it like kind of settle, and then and then I'll I'll watch it again when it, when we get it at work. Um, so where was I? So, uh, uh, Reservoir, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Inglorious Bastards. I personally also liked Hateful Eight over Django. Um, even though I thought Django was very entertaining, I, I liked the scenario of Hateful Eight more, which was they're all stuck in a fucking blizzard together. Whereas Django, Django is fucking entertaining as shit. And Jamie Foxx is, is electrifying it and Christoph Waltz steals that goddamn movie. And even Leo DiCaprio, and you I you've heard me say I'm not the biggest Leo fan. Yeah. Um he commands a performance in that movie, and I think he does a fantastic job. But I have a problem one of the stupidest parts of the movie for me was at the end of Django when they're about to well, I think what they just they've just blown up. The house with Samuel Jackson laying inside of it. You, you goddamn son of a, that whole thing.
1: What I think in general, and I want to move on to a couple things because I, we are getting long in the tooth here after having talked to Eddie, but you know, is that I'm not a big fan of westerns to begin with. So I think that might be why Django and Hateful are so close to the bottom for me because. They're good movies, but I'm just not a Western kind of person. You know what I mean? And, I'm not either. And I liked the feel of Hateful Eight because it felt more like a Reservoir Dogs, which I did enjoy. You know what I mean? Because a lot of it takes place in one one place. There's some outside scenes, but the bulk of it's in one place. Um yeah. To our point about the Academy Awards, he has won two. He himself has won two of them. And he's been nominated for um, three in total. Or, I'm sorry, five in total, two of which he's won. So. And
2: what, are both original screenplay?
1: They are. One for Pulp Fiction, one for Django. I was gonna say, I thought he won for Pulp Fiction. I, um, I wasn't aware. Now, he was also up for the screenplay for Inglorious Bastards, which he didn't get. Right. He was, and then he had two best director nods, again for Inglorious Bastards and for Pulp Fiction, but he didn't get the director on those.
2: If he wins for I think he should be nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would be very surprised if he won. Well um
1: I think if he wins it's that, that typical like lifetime achievement one where maybe the movie's not the best movie he's done, but he's Earned it at it, this point. Yeah, it, it it's like Scorsese
2: for what, the Departed. It's like we owe you. Sorry, or
1: or Leo for that bear movie. I forget what it was called. Fuck, Reverend. Fucking bears everywhere. Right. Right. Um. Uh, so I I think I think that's it. Um. Getting back to the movie itself, though, I definitely obviously liked it more than you did. I love the twist at the end. I know you're not a fan of it either, from what you were saying earlier, but. Maybe we need to do a deeper dive on a different day. You know what I mean? Because I did enjoy it. I'm glad you forced me to see it. Because honestly, I wasn't going to go see it in a the theater until you were like, dude, you have to go see this in the theater. And you kind of pestered the shit out of me until I went. I, I,
2: I very much did. Um, and, and I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad you liked it. And I want to reiterate, I did not hate it. I didn't say you I, did. Yeah, I'm not saying that. No, I, I'm telling the audience, I just think I expected more i had a big problem with like pacino being well
1: i again i I, i'm sorry buddy go ahead
2: i get that that was the michael parks role and but like
1: parks never got that big role i i see i think here's what i think's going on if i can speak for you for a minute and or make you look at it from another perspective you have such a reverence for Pacino, and so do a lot of people, so I'm not saying bad things about Pacino, but you specifically hold him in a very, very high reverence. And so yeah. I, I think that when he doesn't get used the way you like, which I can understand why you say that, it's going to sit worse with you than, say, me. Do you know, or, or the average person? Well, let me, let
2: me try and clarify it like this. Pacino hasn't had a hit in a very, very, very long time. And he has now basically become a caricature of what he once was. It, you know, in the seventies, it was him and De Niro. They were the fucking kings. Yeah. And even, you can even throw in like Chris Walken or, or Burt Reynolds, I mean there these or Paul Newman, these were guys that were Robert Redford, but like Pacino and De Niro, especially Pacino. They represented you don't have to be good looking to be an actor. You don't have to be, you know, classically handsome right. to be a movie star. You know, before that it was, you know, the stars of the 50s that were all in their own in their own in their own way very handsome. Tough guys, you know, and, 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 and tortured good looking men. Brando, James Dean, Montgomery Cliff. I mean, these were, and then it showed De Niro and, and Pacino. And then gradually Pacino just stopped working to the point where it's like, I've seen movies he's done recently and they're just, they're just not even good. Like, I, almost... I really tried.
1: Do you remember the dialogue that he gives to DiCaprio's character about being the star oh, and now kind of being the foil all the time because the, the, the industry is kind of like using you that yeah. I almost kind of wonder if that's on purpose. Cause that's kind of what Pacino's become. I mean, I, I-, I don't mean that as a shot at him. I like Pacino.
2: I hear what you're saying and, and it could very, very well be a subtle reference to that. Um, I, I, you know, well, you know what I wanted? I wanted that what he did, what, what Tarantino did for Bruce Dern. Like Bruce Dern had some, had a bit of a comeback. He's, Bruce Dern's been working consistently for 60 or 50, 60 years. Right. But like, can you name apart from like, Tarantino films, four Bruce Stern movies at the top of your head.
1: I can name one. I can name one, and it's swear- not a it's not a high quality film, but it's one I love because it just makes me laugh because it's a comedy. Okay, Down Periscope. Yeah.
2: Okay, so but that that would be like the random fucking movie that like uh, you a uh, die hard fan would have to know. Is what I'm saying, right?
1: I have you not seen
2: it? No.
1: It's Kelsey Grammer as a sub captain, and it's.
2: Of course, you fucking—it's a movie with a submarine. Of course, you're gonna fucking love it.
1: <laughs> um, it, I actually recommend you see it. I—it's—it's kind of funny,
2: but um. But you see what I'm saying? Like Bruce Dern's most recent credentials are Django Unchained, Eight Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's getting a, a resurgence. Apart from that, he was just known as Laura Dern's dad.
1: Right. Who I don't even so, really know that well, to be honest with you. Like, she showed up in the. Star Wars. The, yeah, and I didn't even know who that was. She's no She's also
2: in Jurassic Park.
1: Right. But. So I, that's how
2: I knew her. She's right. also in the movie uh, The Mask with fucking um, Eric Stoltz, who was also in Pulp Fiction. Um, but that's my thing. I, I just. I expected the same level of greatness that Tarantino gave De Niro. In Jackie Brown. Like, love it or hate it, I you know, Jackie Brown is an underage film, in my opinion, but De Niro is really entertaining in that film. And a lot of people forget that De, that De Niro and Tarantino work together. You I know what I'm saying? Like,
1: Didn't even know he was in it. I don't even either, remember. I've seen it, and I don't remember he was in it. I really don't. That's my point.
2: Like, this is just going to be another one where, like, oh, yeah, Pacino is in this movie. But I, I honestly, pound for pound, I got to say the fucking best actor in that movie was that little girl. I don't know who she the was, fuck she is. Yeah, I hear she's gonna win Oscar. At some she point. Should.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was good. I liked her a lot. I think that was a good scene. I liked her. I think it played out well. I like I said, oh, when we were talking to Eddie, I liked the ending. I liked the twist that you didn't like per se. I think it worked. I, was, I leaving it the way they did though worked. I know you don't agree, but I, I like the way they left it.
2: I gotta tell you, man i I liked it when I was inter- I was entertained by the entire movie, but it felt so goddamn long. But I also felt it was entirely pretentious. It was an ent- it was a pretentious film I,
1: of Tarantino. I think it was on purpose. I do. I think it was a purposely pretentious film.
2: I think he was trying to. I think it was Tarantino trying to brag about how much he knew about nineteen sixty nine pop culture.
1: Maybe. I, listen, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Margot Robbie was really good in it, um, which I didn't expect. Um, I thought Robbie
2: had her same level of charm. She didn't wow me. I no, thought Brad Pitt did a fucking phenomenal job. Brad Pitt he is was the star of that movie. Much, yeah, he was much more interesting than Leo DiCaprio in my but opinion. But I
1: think that's the idea. I think his character was supposed to be more interesting than, than DiCaprio's.
2: Well, then that's uh, what I'm saying is Leo. Uh, you could have taken Leo's character out and it would still just have been...
1: You needed the balance. You needed that balance between the two characters. Oh,
2: there, were, there were parts... I, again, I will praise the fuck out of it. There's there's that part where Brad Pitt is walking up to the ranch and that was so... got it was What good. this movie did I, it made me really want to see Tarantino direct a fucking horror film. That's what I want to
1: see. I will tell you that... Well, he kind of did with the Grindhouse ones because they're a little bit... Horror ask, um, but I
2: mean like a real suspense. You know, There's nothing, get, no, nothing suspense in.
1: I get in it. Gross. Um, because I agree with you. I, you know, spoilers to those who haven't seen the movie yet. I honestly thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. Um,
2: did you realize that was Dakota
1: Fanning? No. Which one?
2: The blonde who's like, oh, he might be groggy because I fucked him a while ago.
1: The redhead. She's a redhead actually. Because remember, he even calls her ginger. It's a it's a redhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. no, I didn't know that. I was trying to figure out who the girl he picked up was off the the hitchhiker.
2: I I'm, I know Uma Thurman's daughter is in that movie and I don't she looks like it's her and Ethan Hawke. Like By the
1: by the way, um Harley Quinn great job. I mean, she didn't have a whole lot to do, but the scenes she was in, I thought she did well. So I want to give her
2: yeah, I thought I, 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 I kind of giggled when I first saw her on screen. I'm like nudging Michael, and I'm like, that's Kevin Smith's kid.
1: Yeah. Um, He's like,
2: shut up, I don't care.
1: The girl you were talking about, she's only been acting since 2014. I mean, she's young anyway, you knew that. But she's only been acting right. in 2014. This is her second movie that she's been in. The rest has all well, been I, TV.
2: I think uh, Ethan Hawks and Uma Thurman's daughter... So it's someone Hawk. It's like Maya Hawk, I want to say. Um, she also was on like stranger things. So she's getting a big resurgence of, of career, uh, which is weird to imagine that Tarantino directed Uma Thurman and then 20 years later directed her daughter.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is so weird. So to really quick to on a separate note, I will tell you this because as people probably figured out this movie has been out for quite some time at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. I had the entire theater to myself. I was the only motherfucker in the theater for the entire screening. So I loved it. I was laughing out loud. I was talking back to the screen. I had a blast. I mean, I, I, we had a pretty, not full, but about half full for us.
2: Um. We saw it pretty early when, like, about a week into Right, it was, it I remember.
1: Early. By the way, my talk.
2: It wasn't jam-packed.
1: What? Maya Hawk. Oh, I, I was, I was close. I, I said Maya Hawk, right? Did you? I don't. I didn't. I don't remember. Yeah. So I was just telling I think, you. I, I think, okay,
2: cool. She looks just like Uma Thurman. It's, it's and then,
1: crazy. I almost wonder. I doubt it, but I almost wonder because there's a girl here called her name's Sydney Sweeney, and if you recall, Julia Sweeney's in Pulp Fiction, and I'm wondering if that's her daughter.
2: Who's Julia Sweeney?
1: The from Pulp Fiction, the woman who ran the junkyard when they dropped the body off at the car. Oh, okay. And she was also uh, on Saturday Night live for ever, but I, I way, remember
2: someone pointing that out when I saw it. I'm like, okay, who the,
1: uh, it's
2: a random ass cameo. Okay. Maybe, then, maybe it is her daughter.
1: And then maybe Bruce, you know. Will, Bruce Willis, daughter is in this as well. So Kevin is just, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: Quentin is just casting all of his buddies daughters.
1: Basically. Yeah. That's,
2: that's kind of an ingenious way of doing it, being like, I need an actress. You got a kid? Good.
1: And a little scary, I think, for some reason. It just sits weird with me. But the other one I want to point out real quick before we call it a night is... Um, where did he go? Shit. Oh! Fucking Scoot McNary! This dude's like shit. He's everywhere. And I mean, more power to him. He's working like a motherfucker, but Christ, this Dude's everywhere. Who is
2: he? he in, in in what time?
1: He was... um. It, when they were shooting the the western, he was the business guy that that Timi, Timothy Timothy Oliphant ends up killing.
2: That's right. I, see, I forgot. I, yeah, I, you know, fucking uh um Luke Perry. Luke Perry, I thought was yeah. really interesting to see. I was like, oh my god, that's Luke Perry. Holy shit. Well, I I, mean, I knew I, he was going to come on, but yeah,
1: I've been watching um that Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero reboot, the BH nine hundred two one zero. They yeah. did do a nice little tribute to him in the first episode. Cool. It was, yeah. Um. All right, man. Listen, between Eddie and this, I I'm fucking tapped. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty beat. I'm,
2: I'm pretty wiped. We, when we were starting, uh, because we were uh, you know, all things considered, we we figured out how to fucking. Uh, <laughs> do this pretty quickly yeah but you and i were both like oh oh shit we have to record right now because any schedule and like i mean it's fine we did great yeah but uh i i i was starting um again uh kiss kiss bang bang this Kev- oh. uh, step kevin Steph and um we never finished it and so i wanted to watch the movie so okay, i'm gonna go cool. back to robert Downey jr and val kilmer like solving crimes
1: CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Podescue on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. We want to thank our logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. Again, that's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon.
5: How you like to play Mr. Lincoln? Duck!